Sure, ready to roll. All Uh-oh. right. <clears throat> it's recording already. This is the formal start of the show. Yes. Well, I mean, you got to have the, the music come in. You know, the crawl and everything. Um, you want to do like a little drum roll on the desk or something? No, because that, that just is going to sound terrible. Um, I've, I've heard what happens when you hit things on the desk. <laughs> it's not... Well, that's accidental. When I do it on purpose, it'll probably sound great. Okay, great. Go go for it, Dan. No, I'm not going to do that. Oh, okay. Well, now now you've overpromised and underdelivered. Hopefully, in post, we can <laughs> we can put together a nice little drum roll. Sure, we'll we'll put we'll put some uh, some loud startling music in the in the intro and post. Yes, and uh, we should probably talk about the fact that. Uh, it's a day and it's night right now <laughs> and I'm tired and you're tired, but yeah. we, we, we love this show so much, which is, which is why we, we were inspired to talk about things we love. Sure. It's a, it's a passion project, if nothing else. So, uh, we, we, we do it for the fans. Yes. Something. Well, I mean, it's certainly not for the money. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> the, I do it for the money. I'm just waiting for it to show up. Uh huh. It's a good strategy. Uh, sure, sure. But I, we, we should probably like go into like a, just a little bit of news before before we uh, uh, broach the subject of our movie today. Ooh, and, news. Okay, what are we talking about? Uh, well, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, Dan, but uh, a, a certain device uh, actually shipped. Um, called, <laughs> that news. Yeah, called the Apple TV, which we've talked about like, I don't know, 5,000 times on the show. Sure. Um, m- mostly in the context of Oh, the rental didn't go through on the thing. Um, but the uh, uh, <laughs> we, we we love you, Apple TV. Sometimes, maybe under certain conditions, uh, not valid in all states. Uh, rules and restrictions apply. But the uh, Apple TV, I have it, and I've been playing with it, and I know that you haven't had the chance to uh, partake. But uh, it does things, and it's about what you would expect, and you would hear on other programs. And I talked to. Uh, Jason Snell and Mike Hurley about it on uh, Upgrade, um, and then they called it the Accidental Trek Podcast, because there was some other news, um, which is that CBS is going to be doing another Star Trek series, uh, which is which is great, because uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, Dan, but I have some strong feelings about Star Trek. <laughs> very, uh, very preliminary news, right? So there's nothing really official about it, except there's a... Did they announce the showrunner, or did I see that as speculation? Oh, there, there's... Okay, this is the funny part. They're releasing it. They know when they're going to release it, and they know on what platform and service they're going to release it. It's going to be a, a, exactly how they're going to broadcast the first episode, and then like make everything else available online through uh, uh, the CBS All Access Pass uh, for streaming only. Um, uh, and it's going to be like the flagship thing for the for that platform uh, as as a unique piece of entertainment. Uh, they don't have anyone running the show yet. They have an executive producer in Alex Kurtzman, uh, who was one of the uh, 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 writers for uh, the Star Trek movie, um, along with uh, Orky, 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 I don't know how to say it. I, I'm, I'm not a fan. Um, but uh, <laughs> they... uh, aside from you, I saw a couple people on Facebook uh, write some very long posts that can be summed up basically as um, these people don't understand the real Star Trek, and uh, I'm not, I'm not interested in what they're going to do. Uh, that's funny because these people doesn't isn't consist of anyone yet because uh, they don't know well, well the one guy yeah. he was involved with the movie so he's tainted so don't let him anywhere near the show because he's going to ruin it because he did he missed the point of all of the, the what the show was about prior yeah 
<laughs> That's what I saw on Facebook, uh, which I, is about par for the, the Facebook course. Whatever. They're all going to watch it anyways. Bunch of haters. Uh, so I... I I, do, I, I have more positive outlook on this, uh, as, as does uh, Jason Snow when I was talking to him about it. And so I, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it. It is somewhat serendipitous that this also coincides with uh, the fact that we decided to talk about a, a movie that will be coming out soon, uh, Star Wars, uh, the, the Force Awakens. I don't know if you're aware of it. Have you, have you heard of it? Have you heard about <laughs> well, this thing? Star Wars? I, I have heard about it a little bit. Uh, there was a Jay Leno monologue about it. No, um, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure the two things were related, but sure, yeah, we can go from one star thing well, to the other. They, star they thing. have star in the name. They have star in the thing, so they're uh, they're picking up where Twitter left off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, t- also today, um, <laughs> they they <laughs> yeah. they did away with uh, stars for favorites. No, uh, no fa- more faves. It's all it's all going to be uh, hearts or likes or is it is it heart? Is it like what what are they calling it? The word is like. The, the icon, like. the the icon is a heart, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah. I, I saw some bit of explanation. Uh, actually, I saw Chris Saka talking about it. He said uh, that favorite is is too serious a word uh, for some things, and people were confused as to whether or not they had to like let go of some favorites in order to add new favorites or something. And this is your favorite favorite, and like is a much more casual term. And I I kind of feel the exact opposite of that. I think like favorites are a kind of thing that sort of change and evolve over time even if you want to go with the traditional usage of the word but like what now when i'm walking around in public and uh, talking to people and they say something funny and i say fave to them they're just gonna be like extra confused because like uh, what are they gonna think i'm uh, talking about well it's kind of weird that you would you would just say that to random people but uh no i mean like in a conversation have you never said the word fave to people yeah but only to people that are also on twitter you know you, you gotta yeah, I, I know but like now nobody's gonna know what you're talking about it's not a thing anymore but they they would theoretically because they would have been on twitter when it was a thing still i mean like in 10 years you know all the all the little kids or whatever that grow up they're going to be they're not going to understand um but but you know what i'm not sure twitter will be around by then or (laughs) even remotely similar to what it is so who cares i Uh, just i don't want to sound like a valley girl that when they say something that i think is funny i have to say like and then they'll expect me to say something vapid after that but no I, i i enjoy saying fave no i see this might surprise some people because I I had a little tiny rant on Twitter about it for for a moment, but uh, I don't actually care that deeply about the change itself. Uh, I think it's ridiculous. I think I think it's more a sign of the fact that they don't know what the f they're doing, um, which I find more troubling than the actual specific change that they have made, because uh, they just swapped this out arbitrarily. Big announcement. Uh, it's in all of our apps, and then maybe some third parties will do it later, and who knows wh- what's going on. We we just shanked it, um, and uh, we'll do whatever we feel like doing, um, and we A-B tested it this summer. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but... Oh, yeah, I follow, I follow Kyle. I, I remember when they were A-B testing it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know if you're familiar, Dan, but I have a couple <laughs> uh, Twitter accounts that I swap between. And so when they were doing that, I was also getting completely different icons in every single one of those, even though it was in the same app. It was very weird. Uh, I, I was unhappy. It was a very dark time for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm appara- sure you provided them with plenty of useful information to make their decision as to which of the icons you liked more. Yes. Well, Because I mean, when, when you want to favorite something, you, you jump between all of your accounts and favorite it from all of them, or, or maybe just the ones that had the coolest icon, right? No, I mean, I would do it specifically based on the, because like from the show account, like if I was going to do something mm-hmm. from the show account. Yeah. Um, but but also like you see the buttons, whether or not you hit anything. Mm-hmm. So you have to but look But you, you hit the button you liked better, right? 
not, not, it's not account based. No, it's a, it, 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 we would only show one button. I know, I know. So I'm, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm saying their test is stupid. Oh yes, uh, that's what I mean. Like, it's, it, I, I don't care for the way they're making these changes, these bold, swift changes that are not really what anyone was asking for. Uh, I don't know if this is at the top of anybody's list, uh, or if this is like. I know they're trying to get more people onto Twitter, but do you really think that this was like the biggest obstacle? Um, I'm I'm not convinced. I mean, I have sixty-seven thousand nine hundred uh, something faves uh, out there, which are now likes apparently. Um, so I, I am. You familiar- like a lot of stuff, apparently. I'm familiar with the button, uh, <laughs> and I I just I don't I don't understand. I don't understand. They they, they just they just agitate me. I, no, uh, yeah. of the people I know uh, who are still not on Twitter, uh, of which there are many, um, it's it's mostly because they don't understand the paradigm of uh, the microblogging to potentially no one in particular, and the following people who don't necessarily follow you back, which I try to explain to them, but uh, they still don't get it. But uh, sure, change the change the star to a heart. That'll do it. Yeah. Well, most people don't understand the way conversations flow. <laughs> uh when when you first show Twitter to somebody, um, at least that's been my experience every time I've talked to somebody about Twitter. Uh, so I'm glad they didn't do anything to address that. Um, I'm glad that uh, mostly they're just doing all of these weird little things. So they, they can do whatever and continue to shrink into irrelevance. And then I won't have any uh, platform to talk to people on anymore, and I'll be very sad. <laughs> you know, uh, I actually logged back into app.net today. Just to see what what it would look like, uh, it's mostly just like some robots uh, tweeting RSS feeds out there. But uh, they still have stars, but they called them stars. Uh, they didn't call them faves. So I, I guess they can take over the word fave if they want. Uh, Although it's not I, in active development, I don't think anyone's working on it. <laughs> I know, but it still exists. It's still a thing. It's still on. Yeah, good. It's still technically functioning. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about something that has a little more longevity than? Uh, than either of these these platforms sure something maybe that's lasted for like 40 years or so maybe it depends on <laughs> depends on when you start counting the the movie's release uh so you know the you know they count uh they, they still count your age from when you were born even if you had a lot of plastic surgery so uh, okay i mean th- <laughs> i mean i follow that i just that's that was interesting um uh, 1977 yeah, yeah. So uh, this was a movie, and it was released, and it influenced lots of things um, for people and uh, stuff and movies that came after it. Uh, the the art of filmmaking was was influenced heavily by by this this production known as Star Wars. Um, uh, wasn't it the Star Wars in nineteen seventy seven? Well, it was just Star Wars, not the Star Wars, but okay. It was it was Star Wars, uh, and. Uh, but everyone calls it Star Wars A New Hope, except for Dr. Drang, who is um, very irate about anyone referring to it as that. But, I mean, really, if you if you want to talk about the movie, you have to kind of, like, get with the times. Um, <clears throat> Got to be specific now that there's uh, six of them. Yeah. Seven. I Well, I mean, wouldn't this be a kind of a confusing conversation if we just kept calling it Star Wars the whole entire time? Uh, so, no, I, th- I think everyone would still probably know what we're talking about. Okay, good. Because it's the it's the one with the the laser swords. Um, so sure, the the light sticks and the and the stars and the and the the spaceships and stuff. Yeah, it has a crawl at the beginning. Um, sure. So <laughs> yellow, yellow text. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 uh it's a thing. Um, so this is this is hugely important. It also is uh the thing that uh kicked off uh ILM because it didn't exist before this movie. Uh, and uh, they were in Van Nuys, um, which is gross. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> I, I, I apologies to any yeah. listeners in Van Nuys. No, I'm not apologizing to them. You people get out of Van Nuys. You should know better. <laughs> uh, and so they, they they had they had a little warehouse and they they set up and did their stuff. Uh, and uh, that, that that is that it's a big deal because I don't know I don't know if you heard about this company called ILM Dan, but uh, they make they make some uh, effects for movies and things. Yeah, they're doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, n- n- nice little lifestyle business over there in uh, in Northern California. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, you know, premium digs. Um, they've got uh, like a Yoda statue fountain thing. They've got. Sure. They've I've got. Seen uh, it. Yeah. It's tiny. They've they've got uh, like R two D two in the hallway. They've got uh, you know stuff. It's it's a place. Um, and they, they they've got some uh, some fake carbonites on a wall. Well, okay. <laughs> like with with the Han Solo carbonite, or just like yeah, yeah that one. Okay. <laughs> No, just like a random piece of material. That they're okay. Like, well, th- this is carbonite right here. It's it's a uh, it's, it's it's a very uh, rare piece here that we found. Uh, we we mined it out of the desert. Well, they they didn't. That's not how. No. Anyway, um, pretty, pretty sure it's just plastic. Fiberglass, mm, uh, maybe. I think. Well, anyway, diverging um, slightly from the movie that we're talking about to later mm. movies. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk. Let's talk about the let's talk about the the first one. The the one. The only, um, followed followed by like six more, uh, Star Wars. <laughs> nothing, nothing but Star Wars. Yeah, <clears throat> this being the first. Um, first of all, I mean, it, it should be said uh, again if if it's not clear already that this is a gigantic milestone in the history of cinema, and it's it's almost beyond reproach to to, to talk about it at all in anything other than uh, a glowing manner, which I'm sure we're going to do just because that is the nature of this show, but. Um, it's uh it's it's so hard to divorce this movie from the context of the culture and all of the other movies even if you like try to watch it as a standalone property which you know that's what what we try to do or at least that's what I tried to do um it's uh it, it's so hard to forget just how gigantic and just how it's in everything like we've grown up knowing about it even if you haven't seen it a hundred times or even if you haven't seen all of the movies it's just everywhere and it's it's so hard to just judge this as a thing on its own okay <laughs> do you not have that difficulty uh i mean i understand what you're saying like y- y- <laughs> you can't you can't judge it in a vacuum but at the it's same difficult it's difficult to watch this and and try and to to see them doing things and going like well that's potentially uh a bit of a bit incongruous with things that are going to happen later but that's because this is the first movie and they didn't necessarily know they were going to make uh six of them uh but uh it's interesting to see that like what they did in this movie what they sort of left up to the imagination and where they went next and just trying to trying to imagine what it must have been like for this thing to be the only thing in this world that exists yeah i mean well there were a lot of ideas and he produced a lot of material um, and changed names and stuff and like who was related to what and, and like what the story was about and uh, concept art kept coming and going. Um, and, and so it sort of like shaped into a thing and that there was all this other extra material um, 
which he later went on to change and turn into other things um, and completely revise in many cases. But, uh, but yes, the first time it was just this one thing that came out. It was just Star Wars. Um, and, and so it does feel a little disconnected from the other things because it doesn't, doesn't have the... It, it, it doesn't come into the world being a legend already. Um, right. So when you go back and you watch it now, uh, you, you can see all the parts where uh, it, it is definitely the first um, uh, of its kind. And, and, and everything that comes after it uh, in Star Wars is, I, w- I would say, more polished, um, more thoughtful than, than it is in the first one. Um, but there's a certain uh, charismatic charm to the uh, sort of roughness of, of the, uh, the the original film. Certainly. The, mm-hmm. It does a lot of things for uh, a two-hour movie. And th- there's so much of the world that is just sort of like, you know, we, we don't need to talk about that because this is just the world we live in and this is where we're telling the story. Where imagining, trying to imagine being just seeing this movie without knowing anything else about the world, it's just like, what the, what was the, what was, who's that, where's this guy? Like, I just, there's so much here and it still manages to tell a good story that it's just like this whole world that I don't need context for to tell this story. I just want to know all of these things. So you can see why the the uh, the fervor for it began and uh, kept going all the way apparently until 2015. Now that we're, we have the seventh coming out. It's just there's, there's so much potential in this world that is just like there's so much that's ignored in this movie that they don't even bother to talk about because they don't need to to tell their story. And it's just like whoa, this is a gigantic universe, it's fascinating, it's beautiful to look at, and you just you just want to, like, experience more of it. Uh, hopefully uh, revolving around a good story, which, you know, they did to uh, certain degrees later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm kind of curious, because every time <laughs> I bring up a Star Wars reference, you either don't get it or you don't get it immediately. <laughs> which leads me to believe it's not exactly front of mind for me i'm not gonna lie yeah which leads me you know I, i'm just i'm just kind of curious then like what kind of impression has this uh left on you specifically like we, we were talking in general in, in general terms about like the effect that it, it, it has had at you know mainly on itself as, as a and, and as a, a society and society as a whole but for yourself as a human being mm. um like what was your first experience watching it when 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 did it come into your your world like did you watch it a lot as a kid and then you just grew out of it when you grew up or did you just never care about it that much and everybody else was into it and you thought it was boring <laughs> um as i i couldn't tell you when the first time i saw it was what i can tell you is that it was probably treated like a baseball game in that it was on tv a lot you would catch some of it you would watch it and be fascinated, but you would never really like stare directly at it intently for a long period of time because it's just like, oh, it's Star Wars. It's a thing. It's a huge thing, and there it is, and it's 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 doing its thing on the TV, and it's always around. Like, it was not the kind of thing where I I was very serious about it, and I watched it from start to finish uh, in a quiet room in the dark or in a theater or something anywhere, and just went like, wow, this is a cinematic experience. Like, it was just like it was part of life. Uh, from as far back as I can remember. So in terms of like how many times I have seen this and watched it with any sort of level of scrutiny, uh, probably very, very few. Like 
from start to finish paying as close attention as I did tonight. Like I, I couldn't tell you the last time I did that because it's just, it's always on. You're like, Oh yeah, there it is. It's the star Wars. We're going to watch some of this and then we'll, we'll move on or whatever, because who doesn't know every little piece of this movie and just watching them all at the same time, uh, probably didn't happen very often to, in my, in my youth. So, uh, that, that's probably the wrong answer. It's the wrong way to go about this sort of franchise, but, uh, that's pretty much it. Like it was, uh, it was just known that this is a, a giant famous movie and it's always around and it's you can watch it and it's fun from time to time. But I, I don't remember ever sitting down quietly and experiencing it as a cinematic thing from start to finish. Okay, so uh, follow-up question. Why do you hate Star Wars? <laughs> I don't hate Star Wars. I don't hate Star Wars. Okay. I, I hate uh, Mark Campbell's hair, if that's anything. Uh, sure. Um uh, well, so you're you don't hate it, but you, you you obviously I wouldn't say you're not like super passionate about it in, in any capacity, are you? Did you ever uh, have, did you have Star Wars toys? Did you uh, did you did you like go see the special edition in movie theaters when it came out? You know, I feel like I did see the special edition in theaters, but uh, I could be making that up. I remember when it was in theaters, I was paying attention to that. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I, what do you want to say? I'm not passionate. Like space was never a thing for me. Like I, I, I played, uh, I played baseball in the backyard. Like that was my thing. Okay, suburbs. What do you, what do you want me to say? Um, well, I, I forgot they don't have uh, movie theaters and uh, VHS cassette tapes in in the suburbs. But. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like I don't know why or how it did not enter my life as dramatically as it did for others, but it did not. Like it's not that. No, I, I don't. I don't hate the movie. I don't. I don't begrudge it at all. But it did not have the uh, the momentous impact on my upbringing that it did for some. Okay. Speaking of, uh, I want you to sit down because I'm going to tell you a story. Okay, I'm sitting. <laughs> well, stand up and then sit down again. I, I mean this. We got to be that would serious make a lot of about noise. this. Oh no! Yeah, don't do that. Um, but the uh, I remember watching on uh, VHS cassette tapes that um, were record that we we had recorded Star Wars off of TV, off of whatever broadcast station it was on. It was garbled and awful, and cropped to four by three, and just everything bad about Star Wars uh, that you could you could imagine wasn't wasn't cleaned up or anything. This is the old 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 one. Um, and it, you know, the commercials were still there where the baby was running around in the little Walker thing, you know, remember that the, remember that? No, I don't. What was uh, that a commercial for? I don't remember. Um, but the, I just remember that, uh, cause I would watch the cassette tape so many times I remembered the actual like moment of the thing, but, uh, I remember watching that all the time as a kid. And then I remember getting, uh, the, uh, THX, uh, cleaned up box set uh, of the f- the the three movies, um, and that was a big deal at the time. Um, I don't know if you remember the marketing campaign about that, but it was a huge deal. Like they had they had some breakthrough technology that would like make the best VHS cassette tape version of the film that you could get. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was still VHS, but it was it was uh it was better than watching it on uh, some of the other mediums that you had access to, and they, they had gone through and cleaned up a lot of stuff. Um, and this is before he went and did like changes. This is this is just cleaning. Um, and uh, I didn't have the laser disc. I know that there are people out there who have the laser disc and they're like holding onto that for dear life. But uh, I, I had never had one. Uh, 
then uh, in 1997, um, when I was in middle school, uh, all of my middle school friends and I, we were so excited about the special edition coming out. Um, and uh, this, these are the same friends who were like really into Shadows of the Empire. Um, I didn't play Shadows of the Empire because I didn't have uh, N64 console at the time. I don't um, even know what that is. <laughs> uh, the, in the 90s, uh, Lucas had authorized a story that took place between uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's not great. Uh, and it is definitely just sort of like getting money from people, um, kind of a, kind of a project, but, uh, that existed and like kids were really into it. Uh, there were the Dark Horse comics, everything. There was Star Wars all over the place, uh, and leading up to this film. And then the special edition came out and I liked it, but it was weird. Um, they had changed some stuff (laughs) and it was very odd. I even remember not liking the job of the hut scene when I was a a kid. We'll we'll get to that later. But uh, the experience of that, and then later on, you know, I bought the DVD set, uh, even though that's been tampered with some more. Uh, and I, um, as I as I confided to you, I was like, you know, I don't have an HD, and I only have the DVD set, and it's in the closet. I don't want to go get it. <laughs> so I spent $100 on the <laughs> on the iTunes version. Uh, uh, you know, for uh, for the longest time, uh, before the HD versions were available for purchase, they would occasionally be broadcast. And a guy I worked with who was a big fan um, recorded them on his TiVo. And they were on his TiVo, I think, for multiple years because he, he was... He he was so excited that he caught an HD broadcast of them when you you were not able to buy them anywhere. He 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 mentioned that numerous times. I've got them in HD. Come over, we can watch them in HD. It's like, all right, man. What is, what is wrong with you? Like I I don't understand. How you could could just like that would be so exciting. Um, it, it just... <laughs> for, for multiple years and like fretting over when and how you should upgrade your TiVo because you don't want to lose your HD copy of Star Wars. Is, is this is this something that you would uh, that you would sympathize with? Well, sympathize with, but I, w- I wouldn't actually do that. I don't own, <laughs> I don't own a Tiva. Well, okay, so let's get back to y- your particular your story there. Uh, what is it about this movie that that spoke to you specifically? Like, what hooked you in, and how hooked were you? Uh, robots, spaceships, um, lasers, explosions, uh, heroes doing hero stuff. Um, the the bad guys doing bad guy things are very bad. Uh, like all all that stuff is just very dramatic, um, uh, operatic, if you will, like a space opera. Uh, so did you grab like a uh, sword shaped like cardboard tube from the uh, the Christmas wrapping paper and run around the house hitting stuff like it's a lightsaber? Uh, of course, Dan. Um, but mostly, I wouldn't want to hit things. I would just like move it around and make the lightsaber noise. You know that that thing? <laughs> yes. Didn't you do that? Uh, I, I probably did. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, you're not completely inhuman. Uh, so the the experience of watching it uh, left an impression on me. Now I am, of course, as as people might be familiar with, uh, a very big Star Trek fan. Um, but but that does that doesn't mean that I don't have a place in my heart for Star Wars. Which one was your first love? Uh, Star Wars, actually. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, but there, there wasn't was that much around. of it. Uh, there, there wasn't that much of it. Uh, so. Uh, I could watch the next generation, and it had it had stuff, and it was on, it was cool, and the movies were neat. I like those movies. There are a lot so of those. 
you were uh, you were captivated and awestruck by the 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 world and the production design and the 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 universe at large that Star Wars took place in, and that's what that's what kept you there. Well, and the music. Well, of course, the music. You're a big yeah. fan of scores, so yeah, I'm a huge fan of scores and a uh, huge John Williams fan, and uh, it's actually one of the things that is sort of surprising now when you go back and you watch uh, Star Wars, the first one, uh, A New Hope. Uh, episode four, uh, <laughs> that the uh, the score is similar to, but different from the rest uh, that J- John Williams composed. And there are many things, like, John Williams went layout motif crazy here. So there's reused snippets all over the place of things to drive home a theme um like frequently when you see a character or a certain kind of action is occurring or like it it is it is heavy on that stuff uh and and it's like that in all the movies but there is a major theme which is missing from this film uh which is of course the uh imperial march um which some might say has been overused slightly in the uh prequel movies um but (laughs) Uh, it, it, it it just sort of stands out to me when you when you watch it and they have this sort of like da 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 like generic like music that comes on you know you know what I'm talking about with, oh I know with, what you're the talking bad about. guys yeah so it, it it doesn't have like quite the same impact it it, it is interesting though uh, what a huge thing that left an impression on me is of course the opening of the film um, and uh, I I don't, I don't know how you feel about this since you watched it out of order all the time. <laughs> But, uh, are, are, are you talking about the crawl or the opening shot? Uh, both, because first you get the very the very gentle. Uh, well, first you get the uh, Fox logo, the, the, the fanfare, and then you get um, depending on what you're watching the uh, the original <laughs> Lucas logo or the uh, Lucasfilm flashy sparkly one. Sparkly one. I always thought that one was gaudy as all get out i don't know why he went with that it, it's, it's so t- tasteless um but the, the the sparkly one and then in a long time ago in a galaxy far far away dot 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 and uh dot and there's a uh a moment and then boom you're thrown into this with the uh, star wars and it was very different from a lot of media you would consume at the time also this uh i'm trying to remember off the top of my head I think this is why he left uh, the Directors Guild, um, because he didn't want to put the credits in the front of the film, and back then it was a requirement. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's still a requirement. Y- yeah, but like you can get away with not putting every credit or something. I, I don't right, know, you, you got to put a portion of them up front, at least, and then you've got to pay a fine to the other people that go at the end. Yeah, I, I don't know all the rules, but yes, and the uh, and so he was he was all like, no, I don't want to. It's gonna it's gonna mess up my movie. <laughs> so uh, he, he, he not gonna do it. Yeah, he left, uh, and that's that's specifically why uh, uh, Gary Oldman did not uh, do the voice of General Grievous and uh, somebody it wrestled Dave. Oh, God, what's his name? Sala. Uh, what's the actor's name? Doesn't matter. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> if it's any consolation, I have no idea what you're talking. about. Uh, it doesn't matter either. Uh, but the uh, like the. the you know, he wouldn't work with him because he was still outside of the Directors Guild all these years later. Uh, but the uh, uh, that big boom of Star Wars across there as it recedes into the distance and then the crawl. And while I know that now, uh, well, at least I knew also when I was a teenager that it was uh, echoing the uh, the serials that influenced Lucas, uh, I didn't watch those. So... 
to me, it was a new idea. Uh, and, and so the crawl comes up and there's all this big dramatic stuff about things, um, which doesn't, <laughs> there's a, I, I wrote some yeah. of the quotes down because, uh, like you, you never really pay that much attention. Cause you're like, yeah, yeah, I know the stories of star Wars. Like I, you, you may really read it once or twice, but like I read it all this time. So you've got the evil galactic empire. So we know that the empire is the bad guys and the rebels are the good guys. Uh, e- evil is a keyword there. Sure. Of course. Like you got to make sure that's there. Um, uh, the princess is being pursued by the empire's sinister agents, which is an interesting turn of phrase. Uh, that's not used again to my knowledge. Uh, oh, those, those are really the ones that I called out aside from the fact that this is a new hope and it's like new, really? Uh, what's, uh, what what was the old hope? Where'd where'd that go? Well, you see, he had all these, no, anyway, um, (laughs) this is really number four. Mm -hmm. I I, I decided to make the middle chunk and we're not even gonna. No, but the, well, one thing that always stuck out to me since I was a kid was custodian. Um, when, when it says that, uh, Leia is custodian to the plans and I, I, I I didn't quite understand all of the different ways you could use the word when I was a kid. <laughs> that and so word it, has different meanings. So it was just like she's like a space janitor. Um, so it sure. Was, I mean, <laughs> when you see her hiding in that little uh, area in the in the beginning of the movie, you're like, oh, but that's the the, the space janitor's closet. Sure. Yeah, that's where they they keep the uh, cleaning supplies and the the wood chips for when uh, somebody throws up. Um, <laughs> so the. Uh, no, it, and this, the beginning. I should point out this. The beginning of this movie is really only the the area where I I like started to nitpick things and then after a little while i just like let it go and got sucked into the movie but like the part where i mean first of all the opening shot is spectacular and honestly it would have been great to see in theater especially devoid of the context of the universe in general just you know the ship coming over the top of the lens is uh pretty spectacular even still but like imagining seeing that in the theater for the first time i'm sure that was uh insane to see yeah i i saw it um uh before the special edition came out there was an IMAX uh thing about how they do effects for film and uh one of the things was they showed the original opening uh at, at the proper size and aspect ratio and dimension so it was like really tiny on the screen for uh the original Star Wars opening and then they're like well ILM's gone back through and they've redone that for us for this in IMAX. And so then you could see the model coming over you. And it was one of those dome IMAXs. Um, so the distortion was a little crazy, but uh, the, 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 it was impressive. It was huge. It was massive. It was all around you. It was, it, it, was, it blew my mind. Um, Cause I was a kid. And so that's the kind of thing that would blow your mind then uh, back in the day. And mm-hmm. uh, of course I also saw it special edition in theater. Uh, and, and that was a beautiful shot still. Cause he, you know, he didn't like, add cg flares and like fighters flying around and rocks um like a little bit of a flare that comes off the uh the 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 booster on the the big ship there yeah but that i think that's an optical flare that's not like it's like a abrams um you know there's a a cool plugin called optical flares that does that same thing (sighs) (laughs) i'm kidding uh but no i tried tried to use that the other day at work and um i don't know what it is with the nuke one but it wouldn't load the actual like plug-in controls and so it would just like only make the anaglyph one that looks like it came from like a mm. like a default star trek and i was like this is this is this i sorry not anaglyph uh anamorphic and i was just like oh this is kind of sad um but uh, I, do, I do i do love that plugin. it's pretty great yeah well great 
Uh, I, I ended up having to use Sapphire. Uh, oh, yeah. God. Uh, uh, anyway, I, I have a story about OFX plugins we can talk about some other time. But anyway, back to this. So when I talk mm-hmm. about nitpicking, like the opening here where they're, they're, they're getting uh, con- like subsumed, you know, they're pulled into the bigger ship and they're all crouching, waiting to, for the attack. And it's like they're all crouching and listening to the, the ship above them and looking up through the roof. And it's like, wait a minute, you're, you're in space. You can't. You can't hear that, so. Well, um, I don't know if you know this, Dan, but uh, George Lucas didn't care. <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I, agree. I understand. Yeah. I, I understand that it's there for a point, but the, this is just uh, what went through my head uh, in the beginning here. And yeah. Then, and then I stopped I stopped doing things like that later. And the, the other thing uh, in this opening scene is, uh, like, they blew a lot of stuff up, and they shoot a lot of uh, blasters and stuff uh, on a spaceship that, uh, I, it's a good thing they don't go through walls, really, because that would be bad for... Everyone involved. Yeah, they just leave those little uh, scorch marks. Um, yeah. But the the thing that I find, uh, like, I, I still think that this is impressive when they, you know, have them all, like, uh, staring at the door and the the uh, prime accords burning around the edges and then the door explodes. Like, I, I think that that, you know, really has a, a good bit of tension there. Um, oh, it totally does. The, the whole opening scene there, the intercutting, and you're not entirely sure who's doing what and what's going on and what what the the ultimate goal is. It's all it's all very well done. There's a lot of confusion in the beginning here, and not confusion because it's poor storytelling, but confusion because you're you're saving things for later. Yeah. Well, also, you can tell that it's chaos for the people there. It's not it's not like chaos for you just watching and like everybody knows what they're doing, like some sort of ballet, and you have no idea what's happening. Uh, but the uh, uh, we we were also we also see our our first main characters here with uh, droids. Um, before we see any other Star Wars characters, uh, droids uh, and C three PO and R two D two. And I, uh, if I if I was anyone in the Star Wars universe, um, if you, if you had to like pick somebody who you were most <laughs> like, it would probably be C three PO, which is a little sad because um, he's not really like. That's not something you would aspire to be, I don't think. But uh, but but I think that's probably the most apt. Um, uh, uh, you're uh, you're a fan uh, of protocol, so what, like you know it works. Yeah, it's like a second language to me. But um, so the <laughs> I, I did uh, chuckle a little bit at Vader's entrance because I mean the fact that again this is another cultural thing. Everyone knows who Darth Vader is, and you know like where he sits in the universe, but never having seen him before. His opening shot, he walks in and just sort of like puts his hands on his hips and stands there and it's kind of doing like a, look at me, I'm an evil bad guy. My my favorite thing about that, he's got his arms akimbo and then he like looks down at one dead guy on one side and then looks over at the other dead guy on the other side. He's like, yep, dead. Dead, dead. And uh, you you can tell that the whole reason that shot is there is because it's his dramatic entrance and you really want people to see him and go like, oh, that's terrifying. He must be the bad guy. And then he, he moves on and he does bad guy things later, but... It's just hilarious to see that scene now that you have all of the other context where he's just like, look how shiny I am. I'm going to look yeah. at the dead guys on the floor. Yeah. Oh, another thing that kind of gets me, though, now that I watched the... Like, <laughs> I was sitting at home and watching it in HD. <sighs> oh, man. Um, the uh, color of the white paint that they used for all of the interior detailing on the uh, uh, little ship here, the blockade runner um the tentative for uh the it's all different also like there's little boxes on the wall that are just slightly different white from the wall that it's on and slightly <laughs> different white from the helmets and slightly different white from the it's it, it just kind of it's just sort of jarring 
Um, well, that was cool though. Yeah. That the inside of the ship was so sort of the, like the white clean look, you know, compared to the outsides and all that stuff. Just the opening shot where you see the droids running down the hall and that, that white uh, white hallway. It actually looked pretty cool. Oh but, yeah, uh, no, I, I like it uh, visually. I think it's good. It's just it's one of those things that I hadn't noticed before. It's just the color was just slightly different between these two yeah. different materials. That oh, are the, sp- the one other thing that I nitpicked that I didn't notice before either in this opening here is uh, when they do finally uh, like see Leia hiding. Uh, and they capture her. They uh, the 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 stormtroopers. They 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 set their blaster to stun and shoot her, and she falls down. It's like, well, I don't remember them ever doing that again in the other movies at all. Like, because it's just like a one time. We want to capture her, and she's there. So like like set blasters to stun because we need it as a plot element. Or does that actually happen again? Uh, no. But in games and other media and stuff, they do. Okay, because I I you know again. Mm-hmm. The blasters are all they're, they're laser blasters. I just did not remember the one instance where they oh, shot but, out little but, little blue O's and knocked her down. Yeah, well, most of the time they're they're killing people because they're they're evil. Um, but they needed to capture her for, well, be a short movie. Uh, but they, so they captured her. Uh, but before that, uh, we had uh C three PO freaking out and R two D uh going off and rendezvousing with uh Leia in the interesting looking little hallway um machine room thing whatever uh and he gets uh, she's like crouched over hands him the thing she's in all white uh with her with her little hairdo thing going on uh it's kind of funny because her uh, because of her surroundings and then she gets up and she's standing behind like a little partition wall thing and then she puts her hood on and it's like did did someone is someone going to see you here? Like the, the, <laughs> like, you, are you camouflaged now that you have the the white hood on? But uh, it, I, I think yeah. it's uh, it's just an important personal thing. Like there's later on when they're they're cruising around in the speeder where uh, Obi Wan's just sort of like holding his hood on so the wind doesn't blow it off. It's like, well, you know, you can you can let it down while you're driving. You can put it back on later or something, man. Okay, yeah, they're very big on keeping their hoods on. Yeah, it's an integrated hood solution too. It's like built into the clothes. That's kind of how, how it works um, for for hoods. I don't I don't have like hoods attached to all of my shirts. Well, do you have hoods that aren't attached to things? <laughs> no, it's just my hoods. Well, that, that's that's my jackets. point. That's my point. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so uh, we should probably move along. <laughs> move, yes, move along. Um, but. Uh, Plans are transferred to R2-D2. Of course, we don't actually technically know that. They just have, like, a little meeting or something. And uh, R2-D2 is like, uh, come on, C-3PO, and then we're going to go in this escape pod thing. And C-3PO is all like, no, uh, we can't do that. You know, we'll get in trouble. Um, <laughs> and a bunch of stuff blows up, and he's like, you know what? Let's get in here. Yeah. And uh, the escape pod looks cool, and it gets uh, jettisoned and, you know, spirals around all funky. And then... Uh, some idiot is like, oh, it must have just malfunctioned. We shouldn't shoot that at all. Um, sure. So basically, it's all this guy's fault. And I hope that after this movie concluded, uh, the Empire went back and did a thorough accounting of all of the opportunities people had <laughs> to to uh, stop this pro- uh, uh, stop these people and uh, totally botched it. Um, well, they don't even have to like do research to figure out what happened because that guy comes up to Vader later. He's like. Uh, there was there was a, a pod ejected. There was nobody in it, so she must have just hidden the plans in there. It's like, dude, like you're gonna tell him that's that was the problem, but you you let it happen too. Okay, yeah. What are you gonna do, middle managers? Uh, so the 
uh, I, I, I always thought it was interesting too. Uh, the perspective shot of them, of the droids inside of the uh, escape pod, looking back at the ship. Um, like it, it, it just, it's pretty interesting, and it kind of immerses you in this experience of, of it. C three PO notes the damage doesn't look so bad from out here. Uh, yeah. They they go crashing down to that planet we saw in the opening, um, and uh, meanwhile, uh, Vader. Uh, has Leia brought before him, and you know there's the whole thing, and we're on a mercy mission, Your Highness, um, all, all that stuff. Um, and as a kid, I didn't understand how this government worked, or why she was a princess, and why there was a Senate, and she was in the Senate and not like in charge of anything. Um, it, it didn't really matter. Uh, and thank God they never went on to explain any of this because <laughs> <laughs> that would have been terrible. <sighs> um, but the uh, it, that. It, 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 there's some nice stuff there. There's also like some of the sloppier stuff where you can tell they didn't quite have the hang of the speed Darth Vader should be talking at. Like, so when David Prowse is delivering his lines and acting on set and then they had to go back in and loop in the ADR afterwards, uh, James Earl Jones said, talk really fast to squeeze it in. Uh, they, they got that down pat, I think in the later films, but yeah, uh, there, there are yeah. some moments where he's like, uh, he he he's really on the ball. He knows exactly what to do next without any like thought at all. He doesn't have a, a second to think about it. He's like, oh, here's what's going on. You know, he he's uh, he's a very quick to catch on to things and give orders. So, uh, sure, uh, yeah, it's it's not at all because they they didn't leave a gap for uh, him to think about it in in his dialogue. Yeah, and uh, you, there are some moments when you can see through the uh, lenses of Vader's helmet uh, and some of the uh, smudgy fingerprinty smeary stuff on the sides of the helmet um in this one i think they do a much better job of keeping that all uh cleaned up and nice and tidy in the the subsequent films especially um if he were to rise up off of some sort of operating table and then were to shout like a word um for a long time but uh i I digress the uh, don't forget all the medical equipment imploding and crushing itself of course um but uh i digress back to the good one uh so all this stuff happens and you're kind of thrown into it and you don't really fully understand what is going on or why they went down, why the droids are going to be better off down on the planet other than they're away from the bad guys. Uh, cause the I mean, planet, we, we could, we could pretty clear explanation right off the bat that, uh, there were some transmissions they intercepted and they want them. And, uh, I, I don't know. Apparently, apparently they don't have the cloud in, uh, star Wars. They weren't familiar with the idea that like she could just like throw, the plans in her Dropbox and they're synced everywhere. Like they don't have to like hand deliver them to everybody, but uh, you know, she, she has to get the, the information to somebody who can do something about it and, and they know it. So they're trying to get it back. Yeah. The, the technical readouts on the data tapes. Um, <laughs> right. But, data tapes. That made me laugh too. Oh man. Oh uh, yeah. Your, uh, your, your fancy little sorcery can't help you conjure up the data tapes. It's like, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, that's cause they're magnetic. They're not magic. Uh, but the, uh, the uh, what I meant when I, I I meant like we don't really fully understand what's going on is not not that part that you mentioned that that I got uh the when when you're watching this for the first time you don't understand uh what the point of going down to the desert planet will be like what what will you find down there on the desert planet uh of course we find out and it's all joyful uh I I I also like the scene where they're walking and C three PO is complaining. And he wants to go the easier way, and R2-D2 wants to go the hard way. And then they split up, and they, they, they have their little, like, spat back and forth. Like, you can tell that they're friends. 
like that the, they they <laughs> care deeply about one another. They don't want anything bad to happen to the other person. But sometimes they get into little arguments. Uh, so so I, I I very much enjoy that. Um, and uh, unfortunately, R two D two runs afoul of some comedy relief and uh, is, is captured by Jawas, uh, who use their their little lightning bolt gun. Um, which, uh, just some fine optical bolt, uh, optical printed lightning tracing around all of the little circuits and stuff. Uh, and he falls over. Yeah, it looked good. Yeah. And, uh, I, I like the little sound effect. Yeah, bunk. And, uh, so he's hauled off. Uh, meanwhile, C-3PO wandering around, uh, and is all like, oh, hey, look, there's a transport. I'm saved. I'm saved. And it's nope. Uh, he's also hauled off. <laughs> so they, I'm going to stop to have a little bit of a monologue next to this large sort of snake skeleton, and oh, suddenly captured. Yeah, they found that snake, snake skeleton, um, and they thought it was like some sort of a, <laughs> some sort of dinosaur or something, because uh, they never cleaned up the set to take it with them, so it was it was still in Tunisia. Uh, but the <laughs> who, who found that? Uh, I don't remember. It was a story like a few years ago. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it, it's just mildly interesting. Uh, the uh, they were on the transport. Uh, I always thought the snow crawl, uh, this sorry, snow crawler, wrong planet. The sand crawler. Um, that that looked interesting. Uh, it was a, it was a fascinating design, and you saw the little thing go over the little hill, and it's rolling along. A good clip. Uh, it's very uh, it's very impractical for uh, a hilly environment. It could uh, easily topple over, but it is very interesting looking. Yeah, it's the uh, the SUV of Tatooine. Um, so they. They apparently also have a business of doing door-to-door droid sales for the droids that they capture wandering around in deserts. I'm sure, not really... you, you gotta you get you gotta sell that stolen material as soon as possible so you don't get caught with it. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm not entirely clear uh, on how this is a viable business. Like, are there <laughs> are there just droids always wandering around the desert? You just go out there like fishing, and then you just get like a, a few droids that that wandered out of some encampment somewhere or. Do they always fall out of the sky? Does that happen a lot? Uh, so I, I think it was just they collect them and have like a weekly uh, route where they stop by and try to sell whatever they've got. And who knows how long most of that crap has been on there and how many times they've tried to sell the same crap to the same people. But, you know, they just tour around and see what's going on and go from uh, place to place. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, we meet Owen uh, and Luke and we have uh, our droid sale. Um and what I like the scene uh, where C-3PO um, kind of knows what's up in terms of, like, playing people up and convincing him that he's going to be a, a, a good little person to have around. Uh, he's very good at uh, uh, putting together a nice resume. And R2-D2, meanwhile, is, like, not caring about this process at all. And so they select the uh, uh, R5 unit, which actually looks worse so i don't know why it has a higher number i don't know how that works but uh because it has like the little wing nut eyes uh, not wing nuts uh little washer eyes they look terrible um that thing immediately explodes because it has a bad motivator unit it, it feels unmotivated they could have given it some uh, droid zoloft or something i don't know um so it it, it it's it explodes and they get like a kind of like a used car salesman kind of a thing like what are you trying to pull here and it's like that's very space like uh they complete their trade uh, and, uh, uh, you know, this is a good thing for Luke because he's really hoping to get out of here. We find out in a scene that comes up like almost immediately after this, where he, he really wants to, to go off to the Academy, um, and, and, you know, do the stuff. Yeah. Uh, which Academy is that by the way? I'm not really 
it doesn't really seem to matter. Um, Starfleet Academy? <laughs> no. no, no, Dan. It's the wrong. It's the wrong star, Dan. I uh, just checking. So the uh, and they have the blue milk and all that uh, and uh, droid cleanup and blah 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 blah. Um, I like it because it sets the atmosphere and the tone and the world feels feels really lived in. Um, and you feel kind of bad for Luke, especially when you're a kid and you're like, oh man, I want to get out and do stuff too. And adults don't let me go do things. Um, <laughs> and when you watch it as, as, as an adult and you're just like, "Ugh, what an impatient little jerk. Um, <laughs> he's, he's very whiny. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, I want to go to touch station, pick up some power converters. Um, like, he, 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 he's, he's, he, he's a little, little jerk. Uh, and he doesn't appreciate the things that he has there on his little farm, the safety he has. Uh, and then, uh, unfortunately, he falls victim to uh, R2-D2's evil plot, uh, where uh, he, he takes off the little uh, restraining bolt, which keeps them from wandering away, apparently, uh, and in order to allow the playback of a uh, transmission that he happened to cross, uh, which is part of the Princess Leia transmission. Of course, we in the audience recognize that. He doesn't know who it is, and R2-D2 is not willing to divulge the information. Um, and C-3PO is giving him some sass, because he doesn't understand why. And unfortunately, I don't know why uh, Luke is so gullible, but uh, he <laughs> f- f- falls victim to this. You're, like, You're too small to wander away. Totally wanders away. Uh, and the... <laughs> The uh, uh, the whole thing where C three PO is ups- uh, worried that he'll be uh, in trouble for this, uh, it, you know, it's it's nice. And they go off after him in the little land speeder. And depending on what version of the film you watch, uh, you'll see different kinds of uh, hazy, blobby stuff underneath the underneath the land speeder as it speeds across the desert and masks the wheels that were there originally. But it was magic when I saw it as a kid. Sure, mm-hmm. it was a uh, it was a mirror, right? I don't remember this technical specifics. Yeah, I thought they used a, a mirror that reflected the ground right in front of them. Okay, I thought they sure. that they had also like to smear it out and stuff. Maybe, maybe it was just for a specific shot that I'm trying to remember that there was the, the mirror there. Anyway, yeah. okay. Uh, but we, the the important thing to take away is that, uh, or at least the stuff that I wrote down is that uh, while uh, Aunt and Uncle uh, want him to stay on for an extra season to help them farm, I don't know what exactly they farm. Uh, <laughs> Dirt. Do they farm dirt? No. No, there's supposed uh, to be a, a moisture farmers, which I don't understand how that works. Well, um, <laughs> you better figure that out, Mr. California, with no moisture. Uh-huh. But, well, uh, uh, if anything, this reminds me of Arizona. Mm, yeah. it's. Uh, I think it's uh, halfway between your your place and my place. Uh, I don't know. Wait, the... so, it's, so it's Needles, California, is what it is? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a reference if you've driven between... It's, it's Places. it's very uh it's, it's it's very local humor um yeah and then of course they they also know his parents and they're they're, they're kind of dubious about uh when he mentions uh obi-wan and uh you know they they kind of know what happened and uh they are uh keeping a secret from him because they don't want him to end up like his dad yes who's, who's a jerk yes apparently well that not, not, not a jerk just like something bad happened <laughs> sure, <something. laughs> we don't get the impression we don't get the specifics of what bad thing happened but but they they don't seem too jazzed about him following in his footsteps um and uh when when he he does go off uh to try to tra- track down the droid he comes across uh some sand people uh and this 
the, the whole thing with the Tuscan Raiders, it, it uh, left an impression on me, like, oh, these are so spooky and scary. And then after a while, you're just like, oh, well, Luke's kind of an idiot, because he's just like, oh, I just want to go take a look at him, and he grabs the little rifle thing, and he's going to go, and it's like, why, why are you doing that? Why, why, would you, why would you provoke them, Luke? Like, just live and let live. He's a dumb little teenager. L- leave them and their, their furry ram elephants alone. And so uh, 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 he gets assaulted, of course, because this was a dumb plan. And uh, the, one of the raiders uh, lifts up a, a goffy stick, apparently, and goes to bash in uh, Luke's head with it and knock him out and stuff. Um, but one of the things that I, that I like is that you can see when they rock and roll the footage of, of the, the guy shaking the stick in the air. Um, because they wanted it to go on longer than what they had actually shot. <laughs> and uh, that, that is a little trick, people at home, um, that you might not notice, but uh, you, you can totally do that. You take the footage, and you play it through, and then you play it backwards again. <laughs> then you have more footage. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it looks like what it is when you do that. Is, uh, are, are there any other cheap moments like that? I know there is... Um one shot that's used two or three times in the entrance to the the trench run. Is there other reused footage like that in this movie? I'm struggling to remember anything off the top of my head. Um, I, I, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. Not, not important, but he, he gets knocked out and dragged back to his little speeder and they're, they're going to ransack his, his stuff. They're going to go through his junk in the, in, in the <laughs> glove box or whatever. And uh, R2 is hidden behind some CG rocks. Uh, oh, the rocks version you're looking at. The rocks are so pointless because um, you watch it and it's just like, oh, he's just in the shade or something. But apparently uh, it was just like, oh, they, he would have totally been seen. So we better cover him up now that I thought about it more later. <laughs> right. And the lesson to take away from this, boys and girls, is that you cannot add shadows to things in post and have them be believable. Well, uh, also, it just if you've seen the movie before, you know what they did. So it, it, it also ruins the illusion because... Uh, and then it makes you question, like, why they did it. Because um, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, if you've seen this movie before, then then you already know that. And if you've never seen the movie before, I like, I don't know, maybe we should find, like, a control group and, like, ask somebody. Uh, I never watched uh, Star Wars with, with uh, uh, Jason hasn't seen it. Um, I tried to get him to watch. He's never uh, seen it ever? Ever. Uh, oh he's, he's one of those people, one of the pod people that refuses to see Star Wars. Uh, and so I think they call those uh, Star Nevers. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a that was an apple. No, I too. I got that. <laughs> so 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 uh, he refuses to see it, uh, and I was just like, oh, maybe we can put it on. You can see it, and then he's like on his phone, and he's like, who are these people? And I was just like, I can't deal with <laughs> you know this. What? Like, get out you, of this room. I was like, if you're not going to take this seriously, then we're not watching it. And he took it out, and he's just like, well, you, you can just explain. I'm like, I'm not explaining. You just watch it. Um, but uh, so that didn't go well. But <laughs> it's like he's playing on his phone at somebody's funeral or something. Yeah, well, I mean, it's how very, disrespectful. It's serious business, Dan. Also, if you're going to ask like what's happening, it's just like, why, why are you on your phone? Um, so uh, anyway, <sighs> it would be nice to have a control group and ask like whether or not they notice all these weird changes. Uh, unfortunately, um, the weirder stuff. Uh, that comes later from the special edition changes in 1997 really sticks out. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to that when we get to Mos Eisley. But uh, the, 
there's all the sound stuff that he changed here too, where he tried to make it like sound like more ominous and spooky when Obi Wan comes in, and I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> he's I don't wearing know why. His, his, his big cloak over his head and flailing his arms and uh, making a weird echoey sound that uh, humans can't actually make. I, but sure, sure. I, I don't. I don't. Well, I, I just. I just. I don't understand. I don't understand why they do this stuff. <sighs> because just, like, he just leave could. it alone. Like, I just don't understand why I can't leave it alone. Uh, and it ma- makes such a mess. Because uh, then you, you try to you, you try to watch it and enjoy it, and then you're like thrown out by all the things that are just slightly different for no reason. Uh, and so well, They especially stick out in HD is, I guess, the other thing. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I would argue that many of the uh, computer-generated, uh, so to speak, effects uh, that, that were added to this also stick out like a sore thumb compared to uh the optical stuff that was just cleaned up um so <laughs> there are still some uh some pretty gnarly matte lines in a couple of these shots though yeah but is it as gnarly as like the bobbing over the hills and the land speeder thing with them all like sliding back and forth in the seat and like the thing rearing up and like all the little like the rat thing that runs across and the droid with the comedy relief moment no the um the the stormtroopers on lizard things is like the worst thing ever Ugh. so just george why do you why do you do this george and job of the hut but we'll get there uh so he goes off to the hut and we get the big dramatic thing with obi-wan obi-wan now that's a name i've not heard in a long time and the music's going um but the uh so the <laughs> it's so weird to see these moments now where you're like there's no way that the scene where he uh like finds out who obi-wan is is just him sort of like sitting on a rock and going like oh yes that's me uh, uh, okay G- cool like that's how sure that's how we're gonna figure this out well he's he's, uh, he's kind of old uh but the <laughs> <laughs> of course i know him he's me uh way, way to draw that one out when uh, and be like the creepy uncle guy who just doesn't know how to tell stories or something well i also like the the secret name he picked for himself old ben kenobi because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's really it's really what you do when you go to witness protection <laughs> it's like obi-wan kenobi oh, we'll call you old ben kenobi nobody will be able to tell the difference uh uh luke skywalker we'll call you luke skywalker because then no one will find you um but the the uh the, the whole thing's like uh, i don't understand <sighs> whatever the uh they have their little scene inside the hut and obi-wan's little like house thing and it's all like oh well you know back during a more civilized age and swords and stuff and we get the first lightsaber shot and you see the little jump in the footage from when they, <laughs> they, <just laughs> they put the thing in his hand uh they they do these better later in later films but yes also it, yeah like this this scene here is one of the ones where i went like uh this is the first of the series because uh well your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough it's like mm, you what nope <laughs> no <laughs> that's not a thing no, don't say that. From a certain point of view. Uh, so <laughs> it's he, just, yeah, more lies from old people. Yes. I mean, if if anything, this is really all Obi-Wan's fault. Uh, so he, he, they could do the little, like, lightsaber thing, and it's like, wow, that's cool. Like, especially when you're a kid, you're like, that's cool. Uh, and you, <laughs> Light stick. Yeah, you get the whole holographic message from Princess Leia and the big dramatic thing. And, and then I kind of wondered, like, if Princess Leia knew he was here and that they needed his help, then, like, why didn't they get his help before? 
I don't know. I think it was just like a last ditch effort. Like, uh, well, since I can't get the plans out, what's nearby? Um, hmm. I, I know a guy who lives down there. He's old. He served with my father in the Clone Wars. <laughs> Did he mm. really now? <sighs> that's not really. That's not really how that worked. Uh, but the <laughs> sure. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Smith didn't serve in anything, but uh, so they they have their their thing, and they're like, okay, well, I we're gonna have to go do this thing now. And Luke's all like, what do you mean we're gonna have to go do this thing? And he's like, well, I'm kind of an old guy, and like you should get out of here and go do this stuff and learn the ways of the Force. Uh, and he's like, well, um, no I got stuff to do, and I'm gonna get yelled at. I'm already late, and blah blah blah. Yeah, well. C- and uh, then they speed off um, back towards the Luke's place. Well, I don't like, know why. Uh, I'll, give, I'll give you a ride somewhere, I guess, if you need to go somewhere. Because apparently he's going to leave immediately. He's not going to like pack a bag or anything. He's just like, I'll, I'll drop you off at the airport like on my way home if you want. Well, I mean, how many, how many hoodies do you need? Uh, so he's, 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 <laughs> got, he's got his traveling robe on. Uh, so they uh, went to... Uh, well, they come across the sand crawler, uh, that, uh, the Jawas had and they're all like dead, uh, like Blown dead. To yeah. bits. Uh, and uh, these, these blast points are too precise for a stormtrooper. Sand oh, that's, people always that's travel the best single. thing. Yeah. It, it, it cracks me up every time I see it, Cause I'm just like, have you seen them shoot at anything? Like <laughs> only stormtroopers like, can be so precise. Like yeah. you haven't seen the other movies, but we have. And uh, no, 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 no. Even in this one, they're firing like nonstop and hitting nothing. <laughs> it, yeah. is, it is hilarious. Uh, especially when you uh, add the scenes later on when they're like running around inside the Death Star. They're, 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 they're like laser blasts going off everywhere everywhere there's like spray and pray and like everyone is completely dodging everything it's just like they're standing mostly still uh and and it's just like wow you guys are just miserable shots there's a kind of unskilled labor you get when you have uh you know blasters that uh you know have unlimited ammunition and they uh there's no risk of like going through walls and uh blowing uh everyone out into space well also you know, somebody made somebody in marketing probably made the decision that the the helmets would look cool, and then you know what? When when it got out on the the field, they didn't A B test it enough, and now they don't they don't realize that uh, the stormtroopers can't see. <sighs> oh well. Um, the the thing is though that this this trips off a little little thought bubble in uh, Luke's head where he's like, oh no, if they followed them here, then they must have, and then he hops in the speeder and goes off and. Obi-Wan's shouting like, oh, it's too late. They're dead. <laughs> uh, which is just, I, I, he's, he's full of empathy, that guy. Um, and uh, so, especially since he's met them before, uh, well, though we don't know that. Uh, it's but, like, uh, thanks, Ash, for, for pulling another one. Uh, by the time they figure it out, they'll probably be dead anyway. Yeah, I mean, who cares? Uh, so the, he goes off and he comes across the, the sandy glue uh, at, at his place. And the... <laughs> Uh, kind of graphic. Uh, very graphic. Burned skeleton corpses, like lying out on the like one on top of like the little ledge thing, and the one like face down. So I was like, wow, that's it's pretty rough for uh, Owen Amperu. Uh, and that, that's that's sad. And he he goes and he drives back to uh, Sandcrawler. And I always think it's so strange this this shot where 
they have a bonfire going where they're burning all of the Jawas. And yes, that C3 is incredibly is weird. You see, there is just like, yep. Time to carry this dead body over. Let me just dump it on this pile. It's like, whoa, C three PO. I, I, I did not. I did not know you were programmed to burn bodies. <laughs> I, I assume maybe uh, Obi Wan told him to do that, but that was really weird. Like, I don't know that I'd ever noticed that before. It's just like he pulls back up and they're burning the bodies of the dead. Like, why? I don't know. Uh, and so they. Uh, he's all like, "Oh, I'm gonna go with you because there's nothing for me here now." I mean, yes, definitely not. Um, and they, uh, pile- I want to learn the ways of the force and go with you and stuff. Yeah. All right, calm down, kid. Yeah, like <laughs> just kind of like a look that Alec Guinness gives him. Um, and I can't tell if it's like Alec Guinness, the actor, being like, "Calm down," or if it's like uh, uh, the character of Obi Wan being like, "Okay, well, I guess I need to take this seriously." Uh, I'm not, I'm not clear on that, but there, there is a funny look that they exchange. And so they go to Mos <laughs> oh, Sorry, TM in the chat room just said, maybe there is a uh, a protocol in C-3PO for uh, funerals, for, for burning dead bodies. It's like a it's second... following la- orders. It's like a second language to me, burning bodies. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, C-3PO's funeral parlor. That's a, that's a career he never realized. Uh, uh, that's, that's horrible. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, we skipped over the scene where he does the force joke. We did? Yeah, it happened. Uh, it happened previously, according to my notes. It happened right before uh, that. But uh, yeah, well, they take a little break there, and we go back to the the Death Star. Dun, da, da, dun, and there's the you know shot of isn't it. that the uh, best scene? I, I like I like I like it because the guy's such a schmuck, and so you're kind of rooting for Vader to like just choke him because he's just so unbearable. Uh, and we get introduced to uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, and he's all like, "Ah, enough! The bickering is pointless." And uh, Peter Cushing, Peter Cushing's it all up in here um <laughs> it's just like of all the things that he could have done in that scene and again if you had never seen this before known this was a thing and he just starts like mind choking some dude you'd be like whoa that is exactly what i would want to do and that is pretty awesome and you know i i, I plugged in my little uh you know nicer speakers for this one and just the, that low rumbling sound that accompanies it as well is just it's a great moment yes i i like it well, the sound design in the film by uh, Ben Burt uh, is is very good, and uh, that moment is no exception. Uh, I, 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 I also, might pick that as my, my my superhero trait. If anyone asks me, you know, like the uh, the old classic question of what uh, what what superpower would you like? Um, I, I think maybe force choking people would be pretty high on my list. So more than teleportation no. or shape shifting or uh teleportation is probably number one okay uh because who likes to wait for things and pay money to fly places yeah uh, i don't know where invisibility lies because that's not super interesting shape-shifting is interesting i haven't really given that one much thought but uh i i know teleportation's high up on the list and i'm pretty sure force choking is up there too okay so what, what would you say is your top four there well I, I only listed four so uh no but like in order in order oh it's gonna be number one is gonna be teleportation uh, I think uh, I think maybe invisibility. I don't know. Might be number two. Uh, no, sorry. Shape shifting would be number two, and then I think force choking would be number three. Okay, and then invisibility would be four uh, of those. Yeah, probably. But somewhere in there is going to have to be the the uh, like flight. Although if you have teleportation, you don't really need. Flight. Okay, whoa, 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 calm down, Marco Armand. Um, we're, we're, I, I just asked for four. <laughs> is that why you were doing? Top <laughs> yes, it's was... oh, a joke about that that show. Uh, where we were talking about four things, and then yes. we talked for a long time. Uh, but we, we also there's you know superhuman strength and all that Superman stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I okay. Yes, yes. Exactly, Dan. <laughs> Actually, I want Batman's powers. I just want to be a billionaire. It's that's not a power. 
It's kind of a power. No, he it's not a power. It. It's not. It's but it's not like a thing that his body does. Like he he inherited that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he he inherited it in the same way that no, uh, Spider Man no. inherited his, uh, his his powers from a spider. No, that, but that that's my point is that it's not like that at all. <laughs> Anyway, right, we're talking about other things. Uh, Darth Vader so, Force choke some jerk and it's awesome. Yeah, it, it, it's great, and we we root for him because um, we we don't we don't like anybody in the Empire, but we especially don't like that guy. Um, I, I, now, of course, this is one of those things where uh, when you're a kid, there are many times where you're watching a film and you're like, "Wow, that's a really cool bad guy." And so Darth Vader falls into that category. Of course, he like murders people, but but in like the the like kid cartoon kind of a sense he's 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 uh interesting um, uh, like when they, when they boarded the ship and he's he's like yelling at the captain like where they you know the plans aren't in the in the in the ship's computer where are they and he's he's holding him off the ground by his throat and he just ends up crushing his throat and throwing him against the wall it's like oh yeah there's a lot of crunchy okay, noisy right. stuff that's uh, nice could have could have let him like answer a couple more questions before you did that but whatever whatever it's fine yeah um but the uh that that meeting's nice and then it's all like oh interrogate the princess uh and oh the mind probe the 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 floating the floating droid with the the needle yes (laughs) yeah uh you mean the thing on the stick um (laughs) right yeah it's uh it's a a floating spherical droid it's it's, no it's on a stick um (laughs) it's got a hypodermic needle on the side uh, like of all the things that are futuristic in this movie they've still got hypodermic needles for injecting uh poisons and uh it's supposed to be like a truth serum or something yeah well yeah. I, I like the noise that it makes it's very it's a very dramatic scene especially when you're a kid and you don't notice all the wobbling but um it's it's uh it's very dramatic uh especially since it makes like a, 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 a the noise it makes is increasing in speed as it approaches uh, and the, the frequencies are ramping up um so it, it it's it's nice uh, but the uh, Mos Eisley spaceport. Never will you find a more wretched eye of scum and villainy. And they swapped up the map painting. Um, for the, the, you know, this is one of those changes that I don't mind so much, was that map painting change. Um, and uh, they go down to Mos Eisley, and I mind this very much. The flying on the little speeder through all Mos Eisley, because you need to see that it's like a full spaceport, because uh, I think... George probably felt like self-conscious about like what they were able to achieve, like in terms of scale, and so he made all this stuff in a computer, and then it was just like, "Wow, George, do you, do you know what didn't age very well? That stuff, that sort of high shot, or you're talking about where you can see the whole the whole place? Uh, well, every shot, like there's the the part with the the droid like lifting the thing, and they speed by, and there's the yeah. Yeah, well, that, that high shot, I, it, it stuck out to me because it re, it's one of the few shots that reminded me of the prequels because every changing of scenes in the prequels starts with this gigantic wide shot of space buildings and to show you that you're in a different place. And it's just well, it's called it's an just establishing shot. shot, Dan. Sure. You got to uh, establish that you're in the place that you were just talking about. Um, yeah, totally. You got to establish <laughs> it from 10,000 feet up in the air where all, you've got all these big funny shaped buildings or whatever. But um, the thing, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, there are a great many things about these like sort of additions to these shots that are annoying, but I think the one that's most annoying is like the, you know, the last one where they actually pull up and the stormtroopers are questioning them. You've got the big, uh, you know, dinosaur thing or whatever, like walking past the foreground is kind of like a wipe to, to, to mix two shots i think is is what it's there for but it's uh it's breaking like a fundamental animation rule it's like inheriting the same in, in well it's 
living in the same 3D space as the people and objects around it. It's like it's colliding with stuff and it shouldn't be. Yeah, I, it's all bad. It's all all the choices that he made here in Moss Eisley were not good choices, uh, except I, I would say that I'm fine with when the Millennium Falcon takes off that that computer oh, yeah, shot. That one was uh, it was more of a trajectory thing, right? Because it was a very linear kind of exit prior. To yeah, the, well, uh, the I mean, you, you only saw like this little tiny like postage stamp size thing like leave, um, so it wasn't very dramatic. Uh, so it, it was more dramatic when the Millennium Falcon leaves this time. I, I of course the that particular edition is less objectionable because uh, there is a lot of hard surfaces and it doesn't last for very long. It's not a big lingering shot like the aerial establishing shot where there's all the stuff that needs to be happening in the foreground. Like there's just the ship and it leaves. Uh, and it's also not like the other things where they added creatures because um, the creature work does not hold up um, at all. For I mean, any even if it did creatures. hold up, it's like it's crammed into places where there was no space to put a thing, even if yeah. you could have put a thing. Yes, yes. It, it, well, it's all like... It, 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 but that's that's why I'm saying, like, I don't mind that Millennium Falcon shot. But yeah, all no, this I, Moss Eisley stuff, I, I, I very much mind it. Um, and uh, they have the classic Cantina bar... Well, the uh, the droid... This is, these aren't the droids you're looking for, like the Jedi mind trick, um, which is really cool. Like, uh, I don't, I didn't, can only notice that you didn't put that on your list of four, Dan. Um, but the uh, <laughs> see now, th- this is a thing though. Like, you've got the uh, you've got the hypodermic needle probe uh, to try and get some truth into her. They can affect other people's minds, but they can't read minds. So there's only a very limited uh, ability to to futz with people's brains, but. You know, a mind, a mind trick would be, you know, and then again, you know, he mentions on the, you know, the weak-minded is where it has the most influence, and we know from later that it doesn't work on everyone. Uh, so I, I don't know, I don't know that it really, uh, I don't know that it really stacks up against other superpowers. Okay, so it's not in your top four. No, I don't think it is. Okay, uh, so they they have the classic scene there, uh, and it's it's impressive because then you start to get a sense that Obi Wan has some power, like he's not just like an old man. Um, and then they go to the cantina, uh, and, uh, we get the very classic line. Like we don't serve their kind here. Uh, <laughs> it's like, what do droids drink anyway? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I don't understand what the, the big objection is like, do they just like take up room? Is it like at a coffee shop where they don't want you to bring your computer? Um, <laughs> you gotta buy something every couple hours, like a muffin or a coffee or something. So you're not uh, just wasting seats. No, but if you if you've been to those coffee shops where they have like the little placard that they put on the table and they're like, "This is a computer free day," like no no computer at this table, like this this is just for enjoying the environment and the place you are, like being the moment. Like you've you've been one of those coffee shops? Uh, no, they don't tell us to enjoy our environment because our environment is not here to be enjoyed. Oh. Uh, well, we we don't we don't have those things. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah you made it. We, really we went to a new coffee shop not too long ago. It's actually pretty good. Ah, was it was it fancy or was it like mom and pop or like what kind of what, how would you how would you uh, describe it? It's it's a it's a local kind of hipstery place, but it is uh, on the first floor of a very large, very collegey uh, apartment complex in uh, the college town. So it's it's just full of uh, it's it's just full of twenty one year olds going, bro, is your router down? Can I get the Wi Fi password? A lot of that. Ah, uh, that really sounds. Coffee was good. Sounds like a good coffee shop to go to. Um, yeah. So the the droids leave, and they're like, oh, yeah, we don't want any trouble. We'll wait by, uh, by the speeder. We're full of the uh, data plans, um, so nobody keep an eye on us. But sure, they, right. 
they uh they they go wander out and go then uh, behind some CG rocks again for a little while. Yeah, and one of the things that I found entertaining about uh, about this is like Lucas even like added in extra like reaction shots of different <laughs> different monsters and stuff when you're know, like going around the cantina and the cantina music's playing. Uh, I didn't. I I thought he didn't add them. I thought he just replaced like Wolfman or whatever with like that CG one. Oh right, he replaced the Wolfman with the. It was the guy with the like the red robe thing and like the I don't know elephant it's nose like, or something. It's like a yeah, like a green sort of like uh, anteater kind of thing face thing. Yeah, they still have the the NASA spacesuit guys with the red sequin eyes, but whatever. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, and and the like slug thing that goes blah 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 blah. That, that thing and uh they go over to the bar and i find it entertaining because uh luke's all like yeah one one of those because I, I don't know i don't know if george just didn't know what he wanted to write like oh no, I, J- luke shouldn't be drinking beer but i don't know what to to serve him so i'm just gonna make him like ask for something i, 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 don't I know love what he was that going for. uh He's in this bar where he's already been warned that it's full of, like, jerks and crazy people. And what he does is, like, he tugs on the bartender's shirt to get his attention across the bar. It's like, don't do that. No, personal space. Um, and <laughs> Don't touch the bartender yeah. in the seedy bar. Yeah. And uh, so he gets... That would not fly in Roadhouse. He would get kicked in the head. Well, no. But this bar could use a cooler. Um, wouldn't you say, Dan? Especially for when uh, moments get a little heated. And uh, people who are wanted in uh, 12 Systems or whatever. Uh, I, I would love to see in a re-release of this if somebody could just composite Wade Garrett into the corner or something. Uh, I don't... I wouldn't love to see that. So, <laughs> I, would, I think it would be hilarious. Okay, well, you can work on that on your free time. Uh, but the... the uh, they... they uh, this is curious exchange, completely unprovoked, of uh, an interaction between... Uh, some walrus-looking guy and uh, Luke, and then his his friend who has like I don't know a messed up face. Um, is, he, is he a walrus? I always thought he was like a giant tarantula head or something. I, it's hard to say exactly what that was inspired by, but I always thought it was sort of walrusy. Um, but it doesn't matter because they don't last in the movie very long. Um, they they decide they're gonna pick a fight with this little kid over like nothing. Yeah, and he doesn't like him. Yeah, I don't like you either. Um, and uh, I, I like how Obi-Wan tries to defuse the situation and then gives up two seconds later and slices off somebody's arm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we assume he slices off his arm because it's done outside the frame because uh, that would have been hard to film. Well, but it's the magic of editing. You you can put together <laughs> sure. all of these different things and then you have a story. Uh, it's just like with uh, comic books. You can use the space in between the panels to make things happen. You know, something, something, Scott McCloud. And so, uh, but but... Yeah, it's the magic of editing. You don't need to literally show everything in frame, which is something that um, modern filmmakers, uh, I, I don't think, uh, especially e- even George Lucas in his in his later career, uh, they, they feel the need to show every single moment of something happening from one, one step to the next, and they mm-hmm. don't necessarily do the little cheapo tricks of cutting away because f- I think they probably feel like it's cheap. Um, yes. See our discussion uh, last time about Alien, where we don't actually have to watch them drive all the way back from the alien ship to their ship when they have uh, when they have a sick coworker. Yeah, you can just connect the dots, and uh, but but with modern filmmaking, you can use computers to do all the dot connecting uh, interpolation. But the uh, <laughs> the arm slicing thing, I, I like it. You know, it's it's jarring. It's quick. It's over. Um, there's a bloody arm on the floor yeah is it is this the only instance where a lightsaber actually causes a bloody limb 
I think so because I think it's supposed to like cauterize or something because it's so hot. So I, yeah. I, I I just think like they didn't know what they were doing. Like, what are the rules of the laser sword? I don't know. Put some blood there. Um, but the uh, the arm is severed. Um, starting a long line of severed limbs in Star Wars movies. Uh, and they <laughs> a long line of severed limbs. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it happens a lot. And uh, uh, lightsabers are dangerous, Dan. The yeah, not that dangerous because they can just give you a robotic appendage that works just as well as like a regular one. Well, what, one of the things that I always thought was strange though is that everyone is so startled in the bar and then they immediately go back to what they were doing. Um, and I know it's supposed to be like in a western when there's like a gunfight that breaks out or like somebody gets punched or something and everybody stops and then they go back to what they were doing. But I don't find it narratively to work exactly the same because they also just saw a lightsaber for the first time in like i don't know forever for some of these people <laughs> um like because uh, shouldn't they be all like oh man there's a jedi here because there's a lightsaber but but nobody seems phased by that so i don't I, I don't i can't i can't tell if it means that lightsabers aren't as special as we think they are um from watching the 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 series or if it it's just these people are just very strange um they, maybe it happened so quick they didn't really see the lightsaber so much as they heard the the commotion and then there was an arm on the ground yeah whatever um i, I do I, like uh later though you know in terms of like everyone going back to their business when when, when han does his thing on his way out he's like sorry about the mess and kind of like throws him a couple extra bucks as like a tip yeah yeah air uh take some uh some, some credits for the the murder that i just committed in your bar um but it's not murder because it's self-defense because so-and-so shoots the uh uh yeah that um everything about that scene the way it's shot and put together right up until that uh that revisionist history uh it's all leading you one direction and then he changed it i you know there are those shirts that say you know hand shot first all that all that stuff like we are all familiar with the the meme Uh, but the the thing is i i I, it just bothers me mostly because it looks so fake, not 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 because of the character motivation, which bothers many more people. But every time I watch it, I can just look at how they're not like moving normally. <laughs> like I don't I don't know why Lucas was possessed to do this. Like I, I can I can see why he like going back. He's like, oh, you know, I want him ma- I want him to be like a really good guy, and so I want to change are this beloved thing. characters in. 15 or 20 years so you want to make sure that the memory of them is preserved as beloved characters not uh jerks who will kill people who have a gun pointed at them. yeah like you can't have the the cops point guns at kids let's turn in the walkie talkies um so <laughs> although this day and age they could revise it to go back to uh han shooting first and he, he was the only one who shot in the first one right yes and yeah, they, they could go back to that and just uh cite like a stand your ground law or some bullshit yeah i it's i I just really hate it. I really hate it so much. Uh, and the, uh, but, but we, um, you know, we kind of skipped over the little moment where they they talk about the, you know, like, you know, it'll be this much up front and blah, 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 negotiation, no questions asked. Well, that's really the trick, isn't it? Um, and so they make the arrangements and then they go off to find their droids because the, uh, cops come in looking for them. Um, and, uh, then Han is like, wow, we, we finally got some desperate schmucks. <laughs> Chewie, go back and get the ship ready. And uh, then he sticks around for Greedo. Uh, uh, and uh, then we have the thing that we just talked about that we don't like. And then, uh, meanwhile, 
there were a couple cutaways that happened with like C3PO and R2D2 like uh <laughs> hiding in the closet. Yeah, well it's it's always so weird because they have the scene of them outside the bar when Luke and uh Obi-Wan come out to go sell the speeder. And then they have them do the closet scene afterwards. And it was like, why weren't they just with them at that point? Like, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's very strange. Uh, it's, it's great. They, they go in there and then the, he says, lock the door. And then the stormtroopers come up and they go, they, they ring the doorbell and they go, this one's locked. Move on. And then they open the door so we can hear the rest of their dialogue. And then, and then that's the end of the scene. That's how you hide and how you check for things. Um, <laughs> Both of those things are completely realistic. Yeah, and and the the floating droid thing that they added totally, totally don't like that either. Um, not not a requirement to have the little security camera uh, flying next to them. It's just another like superfluous thing that that Lucas inserted. <sighs> Sadness. <laughs> not not as sad as we're all going to be when we talk about uh, getting to the Millennium Falcon and finding our good old buddy. Job of the Hut, who we've never seen before, but this is the first time we see him, but we've already seen him because we watched the other movies first, and then we watched this one, and now we have this to deal with, where there is a computer-generated slug here, because <laughs> one of the things that Lucas did was he found some scenes that he had cut out from the film originally, and he had a human uh, as the gangster Job of the Hut. Uh, the huts were not a species. The huts, the huts, it was just a guy. And uh, this guy with his terrible clothing, like seriously, go look at it. Uh, he's it was like Friar Tuck. Yeah, it's, it, who would be scared of him? Um, uh, like he, he, there's this total nonsense scene that doesn't even need to be there of uh, Han Solo trying to talk Java out of you know the debt and stuff, and he's totally got everything under control. Blah 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 blah. Doesn't need to be in the film. So it was correctly edited out by. George Lucas's first wife. Um, that 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 choice was undone for the special edition, and a computer generated Jabba the Hut was put into the scene uh, as a slug that slides around and has no subsurface scattering. Um, so it has really dark, 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 dark creases. Uh, seriously, look at it. it it's <laughs> just it's wrong. Um, the uh, little slug thing uh and, and you know i i'm complaining about the character stuff but you know for the time that it was done this was as good as it could be but it is it does not hold up um and even back then it looked weird like everybody could tell a computer did that thing um well a human doing it on a computer but the computer could not do all of the things the human might have wanted it to do so you got this thing and uh there's that moment where han walked around the person on set uh, and they couldn't do that. So then they have uh, the whole thing where they cut out Han from the plate, translate him up as if he's walking over the back of Jabba the Hutt, uh, and they do the whole reaction shot thing and the sliding up and sliding down. Um, it, it's it's just not good. Like George Lucas <laughs> should have left this on the cutting room floor. There's it it, it adds nothing. It's it's just bad. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it doesn't. I I it, I don't remember the version without it, but uh, well, the version it, without it is that scene isn't there, <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, it's just you know, it's it's there. It's some extra stuff. It's uh, it's a little awkward, and uh, I think there are even some some lines that are repeated from when he was talking uh, when Han was talking to Greedo that make it all the more awkward, at least for yeah. me, because it, it you know because it was. 
cut out because they didn't need those both in there. But, uh, yeah, the dialogue is awkward, and then, uh, you know, the whole CG thing is awkward. But the thing that uh, follows this that was also similarly weird to me is that they were being sort of, like, tracked by some random another <laughs> anteater-looking thing that was hiding behind a corner, and then the stormtroopers run up, and he's like, hey, they're over there. And the stormtroopers run in to see them about to get on the ship and just immediately start shooting. Like, they don't ask any questions. They don't say, like, hey, do you have the droids or the other guys or whatever. They just start shooting at Han. And he, he just gets on and tries to fly away real quick. Yeah, well, they, they, they're not stealthy. Um, but getting back to a moment ago when you brought up our friend, the informant, uh, or whatever, and he's in his his black robe. <laughs> his credited name? I don't. I don't remember what it was. He, he, you know, all of these characters that we're talking about here have very specific names, and they're trading cards for them, and everything. I don't care that much. Mm. Uh, if you are someone who cares that much, and you're very angry at me for not knowing this, then tough luck. Um, Let's see if I can figure out. Uh, most of them are uncredited, unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've got Weoslia. We uh, you've got Wooher. You've got Nebrun leads. No, it's uh, something. It's some, I think it might be one of the W ones. It doesn't matter. Um, the <laughs> the goggles and the the nose thing and all in black and like it, like that is not a secret spy. That that is hello audience. I am not good. <laughs> like uh, that that is that is what that is. And uh, one of the things that always bothers me is you can see him hit his rubber nose, uh, latex nose, um, and it's sort of like smush. Well, it doesn't really like smush, but it just kind of like flops to the side a little weird because he really did just hit like a mask on his face. Uh, So that's always a little unfortunate. But uh, he reports to the Imperial uh, stormtroopers and they go after them in the hangar. Uh, And... They they get a rough and tumble exit out of here. Uh, blasters are going. Stormtroopers don't hit a thing. Uh, they get off the ground. We get the Millennium Falcon shot we talked about, uh, and you can see all the little like engine details uh, of it as it spins around there. And uh, it blasts off, and everyone just kind of rocks back and forth in the cockpit area for a little bit. Um, the the they they get up there and there's a star destroyer and it's just like oh no they're being chased by two or three uh ships inside some black boxes that should have been cleaned up Uh uh-huh people might not be familiar with this but uh do you want to explain what a garbage mat is Uh, so in, in the days of the optical printing, there was no need to photograph the entire frame just for this tiny little model in this portion of the frame there. So it was matted out with a garbage mat, throwing away all of the things that, you know, I mean, maybe the, there were like lights in the frame or something too. It was just other junk there that didn't need to be there. So there's a little square, uh, mat, just the, just big enough to have the model in it. Uh, that surrounds it and uh, based on the optical printing sometimes you could see those edges because there were differences in the black levels between the uh, the, the model plate and then the other plate that are being combined and uh, you can see them and they are here and they change size as the model gets closer because the garbage mat had to get bigger as the object got bigger in the frame and blah blah, blah but it, it 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 looks bad yep uh so they 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 have the big dramatic thing and it's like uh-oh we got to calculate for our jump to light speed and, you know, flying through space ain't like dusting crops, boy. Um, all, all, all the classic lines. And, sure. Yeah. Because uh, he's a farmer and he knows about dusting crops. Well, of course, because they, they dust their moisture farm crops. I don't know how that works. Uh, they seed the clouds. But uh, they, 
they have the whole uh, thing here where it like takes five thousand years for them to calculate this particular jump. And in the other, in the other uh, Star Wars films, they they calculate their jumps to uh light speed a little faster than this one uh he probably took bought some upgraded equipment with his prize money at the end here oh of course and so they <laughs> uh, did he also i can't remember in the other movies did he buy something that would also make the uh cockpit black levels match the space black levels oh dan <laughs> it's it's really really different you got to give me that like, okay so these, uh, these window comps in the millennium falcon are really different okay well audience uh black levels just so you know uh, what Dan is referring to is that uh, the darkest darks in a frame of your uh, filmed footage are not black. They're they're not. They they never hit zero 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 digitally. That doesn't happen. Um, and if you're using different film stocks, you can get different black levels. And if it's different lighting conditions, and there's like a flare across the lens or whatever, um, if there's uh, ambient light, you know what whatever is contributing to it, like. nothing is as pitch black as you think it is and so matching those exactly when you're combining two different pieces of footage um is important because then it makes it seem like it's the same darkness throughout and it's combined and it's it it is it is the same one unified blob um when it is different then you feel the separation between um the thing that has the darker black levels and the thing that has the lighter black levels uh and and that is that is not great for achieving a seamless effect. Yes, that thing. Yeah. Um, so, of course, it's also easier for us to do that nowadays where we can, like, specifically use, like, a lookup curve and, like, match the low end. But uh, that, <laughs> It's just called lift. You just type in a number and make sure they match. You know, sometimes it lifts a little too much than uh, more than i would like i use toe every now and then but uh, sometimes it looks a little little more than i want and so oh, yeah I'll, I'll, i mean lift, y- curve. i i you know lift maxes out at like point oh oh five i think is usually about where i lift stuff if if i do yeah yeah Pretty well far down. that's it's good good facts yeah. Yeah. uh so the they they make it out of there and we get their first like jump to hyperspace and all the things and uh top ziri um a uh ilm guy uh who is on the twitters and uh talks about things and he is so mad when he finds out what we're doing what do you mean he he had the whole story fi where he talked about the millennium falcon um uh the engine light behind it that is supposed to be uh the the glow from the engine while it's in hyperspace and there's like a six frame difference and there's a whole thing with him talking to Stu Mashowitz and they were going back and forth about this and they calculated it out and then he showed it to Dennis Murin um and, and he put it all together in a storyfy and you, you we'll, we'll probably put that in the show notes um but it's you just so you can see what it is that he's talking about because many many people don't really notice it so there's that yeah it's uh if I, if I recall also it, it wasn't the effect ahead of the plate uh yes by six frames uh so you would see the glow move before it moved yeah that's odd but yeah it's you can get things out of sync when you're combining uh multiple things together uh but but it's a thing and it's there for reasons Mm Hmm. and uh meanwhile while they're doing all this uh over on the death star uh (laughs) they're trying to convince uh establishing shot tie fighters yes they're trying to get uh, Princess Leia to give up the uh, the location of the base, and they they think a pretty good way to convince her to do that, since she's not succumbing to the uh, the whatcha who's poison from the robot thingy, uh, is to threaten to blow up her home planet. Uh, so they do that, 
and then she spills some beans, and then they blow up her home planet anyway. <laughs> uh, you're too trusting. Mm-hmm. It's what happens when you're too trusting. We'll deal with your rebel friends soon enough, um, uh, Peter Cushing. And uh, he's like, we can't shoot your friends from here right now. We'll get to them eventually. But since we're here, why not blow them up? Yeah, why not blow up everyone you uh, care about? And uh, well, because Alderaan is a peaceful planet. They have no weapons. I don't know how that works exactly. Sure. Um, they don't. They don't have like sharp sticks or anything. I, I don't. I don't know what the what she means by no weapons. I'm assuming she means like no weapons that would fire back on a orbital threat of some kind. Uh, but the. Uh, uh, too bad for Alderaan. And uh, he says, you know, Dantooine's too remote to make a, an effective example because uh, you you really want to, like, show off the fact that you can smite uh, entire planets with your, your fancy little space station uh, to keep the other the other systems in line. Uh, fear, fear of this battle station. And so they uh, blow it up, and it is classic cinema because uh, everyone's seen this like five thousand times, I'm sure. Even if you, even if you're not familiar with Star Wars, you've see, you've seen this, like in a YouTube clip or something, or somebody reused it in some other footage you were looking at. Um, they have the whole thing with the guys and the controls, and it's very dramatic. And they have the the helmets that are all shiny, and you can't see what's going on. Do 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 do. They're punching out all the stuff, and then the, all the glowy buttons and stuff. Yeah, and the beam that glows behind them inside the little corridor they're inside of. I I'm not sure if they're all like sterile after that. Like I. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. But, <laughs> Too close to the radiation, you mean? Yeah, that that doesn't seem like I, I know they don't have like OSHA or anything in in that galaxy, but they must have something. Like I don't know. Uh, it must be nice to have an empire where you don't have to worry about that. I'm sure they have to go to like arbitration or something. Uh, no, so, I remember because earlier we got that one like super quick line that the emperor dissolved the senate and uh, something else uh, that nobody cares about until a later movie. Well, the the governors are going to uh, keep are going to make everything run, and you know, fear of the local battle station, fear of this battle station. Sure, sure, exactly. Yeah. Um, So they blow up the planet, and uh, in the special edition, they added the uh, Praxis Ring. Um, Praxis Ring is uh, from Star Trek VI when the (laughs) Klingon moon of Praxis blows up, and Ilum did this effect where there's a ring of plasma that uh, travels outward from the explosion. It is very dramatic, and it's very cool-looking. Uh, and uh, that was so cool-looking that George Lucas put it in when the the planet blows up and uh, when the Death Star blows up. And so, you know, he's he just likes you like the ring, and it's there for the things. And it's in the Return of the Jedi, too. Has anyone uh, talked specifically about what it would actually look like if a planet exploded suddenly? I... Because I don't think it would look like this. This is Dan. This is not a movie for science. Um, and so they. Uh, <laughs> it's not science wars. No, it's not science wars. Uh, title. Uh, but the the uh, station thing. Uh, they blow up the stuff, and then uh, Han Solo, Chewie, uh, and everybody else are all hanging out on the Millennium Falcon, and uh, Lucas training, and they're doing the the little thing with the little like spinny target practice droid which i don't know why they have one of those that seems seems random uh maybe obi-wan brought it in like his carry-on uh they they go through the whole thing uh he needs like slashing around and it's like trust the force and use that and you know i can't see anything with a blast shield down etc and uh, uh th- this is one of those ones where i can't remember if it was pointed out in uh again there's so much uh star wars culture like the like the the family guy parody i, I assume you've seen those yes yes 
where uh, Luke basically says, uh, you don't believe in the Force, do you? And it's like, dude, you didn't even know about it like a day ago. Chill. Yeah. And uh, Han Solo is all like, you know, trusty, blaster, blah, 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 um, which is which is endearing. And uh, they're coming up on Alderaan. They uh, go over and, uh-oh, it's it's not there. <laughs> It's it's some sparkles uh, and uh, some some foam rocks and uh, oh don't forget there was a disturbance in the force oh uh, yes yes it is as if it, you know etc cetera, etc cetera, cried out blah 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 dead people and uh, they, also three D chess and let the Wookiee win ah uh, yes 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 because Wookiee doesn't rip your arms out um uh, Droid doesn't rip your arms out uh, they come across all this stuff and they're like you know the planet should be here and it's like well it's not. And then they're like, maybe it was the planet. Uh-oh, that's a problem. Oh, hey, look, a TIE fighter. Let's go chase that. Because uh, then it won't report back that we're here. And it's like, Obi-Wan's like, oh, well, that, that seems like a short-range TIE fighter. I don't know how he would know that since he didn't see any TIE fighters in the other things that happened prior to this. But Probably whatever. just because it's small. Yeah. So the uh, TIE fighter is like, uh, I'm going to lead you guys over to the thing now. And they're like, we're going to chase you and stop you from reporting us. And that doesn't really work out because then they're like, oh, look, it's just like a small moon. <laughs> it's like they're chasing the TIE fighter and it's outrunning them a little bit. And they're like, we'll get him in, in a little bit here. And it's like, you were just bragging about how fast your ship was. But now you're like lagging behind. And it's like, oh, look, uh, it's going for the tiny moon. Yeah, but that was in hyperspace, you know. Oh, so like it, it, it's regular... Like, uh, it's city miles per gallon is pretty bad, but on the highway, it's, it's like the best, most efficient starship out there. Yes. It's exactly like that. Gotcha. Um, they, uh, it, you know, you get a lot more parsecs per mile, uh, on, on the highway. Sure. Um, the, <laughs> it's, uh, never mind. Uh, no, but the, uh, they're, they're like, that's no moon, et cetera, et cetera. And they, they get pulled in the tractor beam and. There's the whole thing of the ship rocking back and forth violently inside the cockpit and then not really doing that outside. Um, there, there's several times where they have like uh, some heavy duty like rocking stuff around on on uh, in, in the interior of something. And then they cut away to the outside of like a completely statically still moving thing. Uh, well, maybe like, the camera uh, was mounted to the ship. So it's moving at the same uh, at the same vibration. So you just don't you don't see it. Yeah. Good vibrations. Um, now. They get tractor beamed in, and this is a big dramatic thing, and they're gonna go like board it and stuff with all these people who are standing around, and uh, nobody's on it. Uh oh, how'd that happen? They must have jettisoned the escape pods and blah 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 blah. Well, if they did that, then you would go find them. Um, but they don't. But uh, yeah. the the, uh, the ship's log said they ejected as soon as they took off, so that would be way back on the other side of the universe there. Except they were chasing the Tie Fighter pilot, so I don't know how that was happening. Well, they, you know. The ship's log said so. Right. Sure. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, you know, put the put the scanner on there, which I, involves. I, I'm, just, uh, I'm just saying these guys are idiots. Um, yeah, so. it, well, they they, they got to get the scanner to double check, yeah. which apparently involves two guys bringing a large footlocker onto the ship for mm-hmm. some reason. Yeah. Well, you know, you you go get your crate full of scanning equipment and you uh, carry it up into the thing without any guards uh, when you're looking for people. And you get knocked out. <laughs> well, there's guards outside, so nobody's getting out of the ship. Yeah, I mean, except when the guards go inside. And they just get picked off one at a time. Um, well, two at a time, really. Because uh, it, it, it's a good thing they the people that they're looking for don't number in more than two, because uh, th- that would have been awkward. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. 
<laughs> they were hiding under the floor, uh, which uh, Han is very revealing to these strangers and tells him he uses them for smuggling. I'm not sure that I would really tell people that kind of thing, especially if it's these kind of people that are a little uh, potentially untrustworthy. Well, it's not that they're untrustworthy. It's just that they're goody-goody two-shoes, and so they're going to tell everybody that you're a smuggler. Yeah, you don't you don't really run around telling people, like, yeah, I, I was smuggling all kinds of illegal drugs in here the other week. Like, no, you don't don't do that. Oh, well, also, it's kind of obvious that he's a smuggler since they hired him to smuggle them. Well, there is that. <laughs> so, anyway, they uh, do the whole thing, TK421, or when you post, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They uh, get up into the little control room thing, uh, with the fast moving door. It's like, wow, that door moves fast. Uh, and they, uh, Obi-Wan's like, plug R2-D2 into the main computer terminal. He'll be able to decipher the entire Imperial network. And it's like, well, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a Unix system. He understands it. Uh-huh. But I mean, like it's, it's, it's interesting though. At this point, their entire goal is to just like turn off the tractor beam so they can leave. So they're on the death star, which, uh, w- will become a larger part of their fate shortly. But all they want to do is just, like, leave. They just want to leave now. Yeah. Well, I mean, they aren't really prepared to decipher the Imperial plans and figure out a weakness and take it out themselves. So they they, they got to get out of there. Um, yeah. They, they took a wrong turn at the remains of Alderaan. And they just, you know, they, they, they want to get back out here. Sorry, guys. Didn't mean, to, didn't mean to intrude on your territory. We'll leave now. Well, fortunately, we find out very quickly that uh, Princess Leia is being held in one of the detention levels and that uh, she is going to be terminated. Um, apparently it takes a long time to kill somebody, uh, when you have a ship, a station full of people with blasters. I don't, I don't understand what the holdup was. Like, is, is there like a queue? Is there like, what, what? Yeah, there's probably some very simple form of due process involved, or at least some paperwork they have to fill out. There's one executioner droid and it, it's busy. Uh, <laughs> so they, the, the other one called in sick that day. Oh, it was in, it, it's a uh, under maintenance. Um, they go through the whole thing of, uh, we'll we'll have to split up, and I'll take care of the tractor beam, and we'll go get the princess. And you droids, who have the most vital information, you hang out defenseless here. <laughs> and if any, uh, if anybody comes, lock the door. Um, well, so they do pretty well. I mean, he uh, he lies and hides in a closet and stuff, so that uh, works out pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying tactically. Sure. Um, like it's. Well, a they good should thing. have just left him in the little cargo hold on the ship. Yeah, like, it, it, it doesn't really make a ton of sense to have them wandering around where they might get damaged or uh, uh, confiscated or lost, even, because it's a very large station. Uh, so they... Although, if they weren't, then uh, they would all be dead in the uh, trash compactor. That's very true, Dan. Uh, so they uh, go off to the detention level, and we get all these shots of the interior of the thing, and it feels very big, and there's elevators, a whole bunch of elevators. It's like an office building. And they go down to the detention level and they pretend that Chewie is their captive. And nobody questions this, like, why did you capture a Wookiee somewhere? Does that happen a lot around these parts? <laughs> like, it's a, it's a very large space station. So I assume that there's just, you know, you're, you, you pass people in the hall all the time that uh, are, are doing stuff that you're not privy to. Yeah. And, like, basically everybody's wearing uh, big white plastisteel uh, helmets and stuff. So. You know, it's not like you would be like, oh, you guys stick out. <laughs> yeah, I love that uh, one guy tries to get on the elevator with him and they just kind of like gesture at Chewie like, eh, we got this guy in here. You don't want to take this elevator with us. Yeah, um, which is good because he probably didn't because they would have killed him. Uh, so they, <laughs> they go down to the detention level uh, and there's the whole thing with the stuff and the shooting um, and the dead people. <laughs> and 
Uh, and they shoot they shoot out a lot of cameras. They, uh, at least they, I assume they sh- that's what that was. I, it's it's unclear really. Like there's like it sort of look like lights, like floodlights, um, like banks of floodlights. I don't I don't know what they were going for, but stuff gets shot and uh, panels on walls, which might be fire alarms or you know, like you're saying, cameras or st- stuff happens. And uh, they they take it all out and get all the guys, and then they find out where the princess is, and Luke goes to go get her. And there's a call on the line from somebody who's wondering what the F just happened. And uh, <laughs> it's a rather her- large commotion over there. Uh, everyone all right? What's, what's the deal? Uh, small, we're, small weapons. Small we're, we're fine. We're fine here. We're all good. We're, we're doing all right. Um, yeah. Oh, how are you? <laughs> how are you? That's, that's good. Uh, yeah, no, negative, negative. We've got a radiation leak. Uh, give, us a, give, <laughs> give us time to lock it down. Oh God, Harrison it's very, Ford. It's very calm. Yeah. Very calm. I like Harrison Ford's acting. I don't like uh, Han Solo's improvisation. Um, <laughs> he's not very good thinking on his feet there. Uh, he's, but they- uh, he's a little. I mean, I guess you know. I'm sure a portion of this again is uh, due to knowing what the uh, what's in store for us in the other films. Like you know, all of his back and forth ribbing with Princess Leia when he first meets her is just like calm down. I know you're in this little bit of a situation, but you don't have to be. Such a dick to her right off the bat. Oh, uh, but she is unpleasant. <laughs> but <laughs> they're both very strong characters and not budging in the slightest. Yes, but but see, that's the charming thing is that they're they're both so obstinate. Um, it's not really that charming. If uh, I'm well, honest. it's charming to watch. I wouldn't be want to be around them or go to counseling sessions with them. But uh, it, it, like it, it's just, it's just very it's very nice because you this is also you know the seventies like she she's. She is someone who is a little take charge for a princess. Like she's she's not as uh, uh, passive and like oh save me as as many other princesses tend to be. Like you know, Princess Peach. I mean, what's her deal? But uh, the <laughs> yeah, Princess Leia is not that at all. No, she she's she's take charge. She literally grabs the gun, shoots mm. down the hallway, and breaks the thing, and like says into the shoot, fly boy. Uh, so she she's she's got it going on. <laughs> Well, we 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 missed another uh, good Han Solo line where he he shoots the radio because you know he couldn't just walk away and this is a boring conversation anyway, which has been used uh, many many times because it's a good line. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I, they, I, they I, I, I don't. Uh, if anyone feels really bad that we're not mentioning your favorite line in the film, I'm very sorry. We're just trying to get to the film, so so please. <laughs> it's already been a very long time. Uh, yes, I know. Uh, so it, 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 we're we're not going to recite everything. Um, but, so please don't there, t- send us tweets about how we missed like the most important thing in your entire universe. Yeah, they, uh, they, the next they, they learn the trash thing. There's a uh, they're stuck. They can't get out. There's a thing in the trash thing. It tries to eat Luke, and then it runs away because the walls are closing in. And they try to brace it with a pole, which is clearly not very strong. And now see, see, and this scene is one of those things where. It was a lot of tension when I was a kid, but <laughs> not oh, a lot of tension anymore. No, as I watched it, as I've gotten older, like every time I watch it, it has less and less tension. Like I noticed the foam bits and the bendy stuff, and it doesn't really seem that great. And it's like, why is there the thing that's doing all this stuff? And like, why does it care? Why is it? Why is like they're in two feet of water? Where is it hiding? Um, <laughs> all this. Uh, it, it's just weird. I, I don't really particularly care for the scene as much as I did when I was a kid. I thought it was uh, more interesting then. The tension still 
builds in terms of the intercutting back and forth with C-3PO uh, and then him finally realizing that he needs to turn on the microphone when they get down to the uh, like little service terminal that's near the Millennium Falcon. And uh, At least he remembered to take it with him, so he's not that dumb. Oh, I forgot to turn it on. <laughs> oh, dear. And so, Protocol, bro. What are you built for? Protocol. Yep. Step one, turn on microphone. Yeah. Now, but the... Uh, thing happens and they stop the garbage compactor and it's just a funny funny thing with uh, c-3po misunderstanding the noises that they are making uh and uh that he thinks they're all dead um but the uh they they open the door and they get out of there and chewie's all like s- still freaked out by it and han shoots at it and uh princess Leia is very upset about that because it makes a lot of noise and they're running through corridors and there's more running and Tons of running and blast doors and stormtroopers around every corner. And then a ton of stormtroopers were added <laughs> to, to one scene um, around one corner. And uh, just trying to get out, out of there, back to the Millennium Falcon, splitting up in all kinds of different directions. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And, uh, oh, sorry. And while this was all going on, uh, Obi-Wan turned off the power to the tractor beam, finally. Sure. Yeah, he, he, uh, he crawls around that... Uh... Very interesting thing on top of that matte painting, and uh, it turns a dial or whatever, and then pushes a button or something, and then hides, and then like, like throws his voice or something and makes a sound, so the stormtroopers look the other way, and then uh, sneaks out the other side. Yeah, one of the things I always thought was strange in the uh, special edition updates, um, uh, Lucas changed a lot of the signage and uh, stuff so it wouldn't look like English, <laughs> like it was, uh, but the numbers uh, all stayed as as numbers. So uh, it, it's just sort of odd, um, but uh, it, it's just something you notice, especially when you're watching the like little tractor beam adjustment uh, and the matte painting and the glowing green stuff. And uh, he gets out of there, and then there's the whole thing with uh, him and Invader finally face off. Uh, they 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 go at it in one of the most uh, lame. <laughs> <laughs> lightsaber fights that you'll ever see uh well like, it's uh it's not the best sword fighting but i think it's no. probably better than highlander well but see like in terms of star wars this is the worst lightsaber well, yeah. fight everyone's uh, sort of just like holding it at like belly button height and just kind of occasionally wiggling it around a little bit yeah it's like clank 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 um it's, it's not it's not <laughs> they're it's doing not that thing that people who have never uh been properly trained with a sword do it's where they kind of like thrust it like poke it at you like towards you trying to like stab you which is not really how you use a sword no it, it's it's all pretty sad and you know but we do get the line like strike me down i'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine which means what by the way uh it it would seem to mean that he'll have the ability to give luke tutorials right. <laughs> strike me down and i'll become a voiceover <laughs> strike, he'll strike, never be able to get rid of strike me down and i'll become a free linda tutorial <laughs> <sighs> yeah but uh, uh well i mean technically if you look at it that way it works because he tells him how to blow up the thing i don't know if he would have been more effective if he wasn't dead but <laughs> i mean he's not exactly yeah powerful and he would probably have been just as effective alive provided he had you know like a radio or something yeah i 
All, anyway. Although all of the radios had this really kind of fascinating kind of analog distortion to them, like where they're all in the control center sort of listening to all of the, the fighters as they're going to do their thing later. They've all got that weird sort of staticky distortion, which is it's cool sounding, yeah. but it is definitely uh, definitely not something we do anymore to indicate radio waves. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Lucas was also heavily influenced by uh, like the World War II movies that he also grew up on. Um, especially when sure. you look at the temporary footage that he had cut in for many of the space battles and it was people in, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, flying super fortresses or whatever, like shooting out of the gun sights and whatever. Um, but we have, uh, the whole thing with them escaping and the stormtroopers not shooting a thing. Uh, droids walking casually across at a, at a slow pace to the ship, uh, more shooting, they all get on side, onto the ship, except Luke sees the fight between Vader and Ben and sees Ben get sliced, except not sliced. The cloth just collapses and uh, uh, Vader stops around on it a little. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, another one of those moments where I still don't know what the hell was supposed to have happened there. Well, you're just supposed to get the feeling that something powerful has happened, like he's gone somewhere, but I... I, I I don't know. Um, that's what this this that's one of the things in this movie that I kind of would have liked some explanation on. Not all of the stuff needs explanation, but that one I felt kind of uh could have used some justification. It doesn't really bother me because it's not like it, it's not like that really comes uh, goes on to mean much. Uh he's just dead basically. Well, but like but his, he's dead he's dead in an interesting way as well. His his nemesis uh in in uh in powers just kind of like uh steps on the the cloak like as if he has no idea what happened so if this is something jedi related maybe like you would think he would understand what had just happened but ah uh, but dan don't you know that qui-gon learned some super secret thing that he told yoda about and yoda told obi-wan and like uh oh, god it's so dumb no, they, no, is is that a justification somewhere uh yes it is dan there are there are three movies that you can <laughs> right, go so, check out. So he he learned he learned the power to make himself uh, disappear to to be a force ghost or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Uh, so anyway, let's wait. Not, but Vader becomes a force ghost too. But and that doesn't make any sense. And they use different actors for that a few times. But I, I think it would have been funny if they would have like just like done like a smoke bomb and then there would have been like a little cut later where you see like uh like naked obi-wan poking his head out of like a closet where he's like haha i just i'm hiding over here i don't want to see a naked alec guinness um, <laughs> just like his head poking out from a door uh, so anyway uh they and they skedaddle uh the tractor beams off they get it out of there uh they they they're surprised that they were able to escape so quickly and leia notes that it must be because they're being tracked and of course because they totally are <laughs> darth vader and Grandma off talking to have this conversation where it's like, yep, we totally have them being tracked right now. Uh, and we're still going to attack with the TIE fighters anyways. And uh, the TIE fighter fight is very iconic. Um, and it's it's interesting because it gives you an action set piece here in the film um, in terms of space stuff. Oh, we have spinning chairs, yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is also where they used a lot of World War II temp footage uh, while they were waiting for effects. Uh, and this stuff happens uh, where they're shooting at stuff in what seems like... Uh, very crude targeting systems uh, for for trying to do this when you have like computers. Well, uh, it's got uh, it's got two planes that have some uh, axes, and then like a dot in between the planes. 
Yeah, and little triangles that are buzzing around. Sure. Um, so they they shoot down the, the TIE Fighters, and the last TIE Fighter has the biggest explosion of the ball, um, which I always cherish, because uh, it, it, it's big for dramatic effect, not because any of the other explosions were large. Uh, they make the jump to hyperspace, and they go to Yavin, knowing that they're being tracked, and <laughs> that's, again, weird plan. But uh, the the data that the RT unit is carrying is so vital that hopefully they'll be able to figure something out. Otherwise, Yavin's toast. Uh, they <laughs> they bought themselves about a half hour is, <laughs> is about the moral of the story. Yeah, they, they f- float around. Well, it was a little more than that. It's half an hour once the Death Star gets there, but, right, it, seems but like, I, it seems like some time has passed because they like shower and change clothes. But like, yeah. the ticking clock in this movie is actually way quicker than I, I've remembered. Like, again, aside from the fact that like, you know, movies and that's what happens like this whole movie takes place over like two days at two maybe three days but like uh yeah what once uh once they get the plans to the rebels it's just like t minus 30 minutes you better get to it yeah well they figure out uh the weakness that the star has and they show it on a uh, big projection thing with the wobbly white lines and uh we see <laughs> the dots for the death star and we zoom in and we get like little tile map thing and it zooms in uh so it's it's, it was very fancy at the time nowadays it looks kind of like silly because that that sort of thing is like super easy to do but uh but back then it was very difficult and very impressive and uh they they zoom in on the trench and they fly through it and they're like okay so it's gonna fire you have to fire these proton torpedoes because it's ray shielded and it'll go in the thing and then that'll cause a chain reaction which will blow up the whole thing and it's like well that's it's really bad design guys uh but they (laughs) it's a really small exhaust port yeah well uh, except they they blow it up um so you gotta make you gotta make sure your your uh your reactor is vented otherwise it's it's uh bad things will happen yeah, yeah, you you can't bottle that all up. Uh, better out than in. Um, so, <laughs> the they 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 come up with this plan where they're gonna uh, attack the Death Star, and they're like, you know, they're they're not ex- they're expecting a big force to attack them, not little tiny things. So we have all of our little tiny things, and we'll use those to attack. And uh, they sure do. Um, we uh, we get uh, some more scenes with uh, the character uh, Biggs. Um, who also had a part at the beginning of the movie in some excised footage that was never added back into the movie, thankfully, because it's thankfully. really boring. If you watch it, it's a really boring scene. Uh, also, I mean, I think it really just does add something to the movie, the fact that you don't know who this guy is, and Luke just sort of, like, runs into him, because, I mean, there's a little hint about all of his friends having left already and doing things uh, when he's talking to aunt and uncle early on, and it, I just think it's it's so much better that we have no idea who this guy is. Yeah, and the scene itself is just awful if you go back and watch that um but but biggs is like yeah i'm going off to do this stuff anyway it doesn't matter uh hope but, i don't die <laughs> so big biggs is like there and he's like oh hey what's up check out my mustache and they uh <laughs> they tour all of the the ships in the hangar uh, and it's very impressive because uh, they have all the the ships you can climb inside of and it's like fighters and stuff how neat uh mm-hmm. and they they tool around inside of there and uh we meet uh wedge briefly and some other people and uh han's like i'm out of here i got my payment and it's like money is all you care about and blah blah blah, blah etc and uh they uh han goes to skedaddle out of there and chewie gives him some side eye over it and uh uh luke and everybody else meanwhile is piling into their their th- their uh x-wings and uh, r2's being loading up loaded up in his it's like, do you want anything else? No, I wouldn't go anywhere without him. 
um, the droid who left you and wandered through the desert and uh, got you involved in all of this trouble. Sure. We'd yeah, I, I like him. that. They ask him if he wants a, a new R2. He's like, no, we've been through a lot together. It's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, uh, two days, but sure. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, and they get in, and then we, we start the whole X-Wing wobbling around on a gimbal. <laughs> but outside totally still uh i love it and so they they lift off out of there and it's a very impressive scene of them leaving and there's the guy up in the tower thing and he's all looking at him with binoculars because um he couldn't just see the red dots leaving but uh they they go up and we get to all the cg yavin stuff and cg ships and that stuff that was added in 1997 it's not as bad as the organic material that they they add uh, with computers no but it does stick out but it, yeah it does stick out and it, it is very 1997 um the they they approach uh the death star and they they get up all its biz and they you know have their shields on double front to get through the magnetic field and passing through the magnetic field uh they get through that and they uh just sort of aimlessly go around all these different places and there's stuff on the trenches and things and stuff and i like all of this but it's a lot longer than i thought it was when i go back and watch it uh it's, it's dramatic and they have the towers firing and it's like i don't know how all of this stuff is staffed like you do <laughs> you, turrets and everything yeah it's just like wow this is a ton of people um, it's uh it's longer and at the same time it is rather repetitive because well again there is that same shot that's repeated every time they try to enter the trench but they do the same thing Cruising down the trench, trying to shoot out the turrets or to turn their shields on, and the turrets turn off because there's TIE fighters behind them. And then, of course, the, everyone starts getting picked off, and do they get to the end or not? Like, that whole thing, that thing happens three times, and only, obviously, one succeeds. But, yeah, it's a little repetitive. Yeah, um, and like you're saying, there's the reused footage, especially when they're entering the trench, and there's the uh, the flare from... a one of the laser hits, one of the turbo laser hits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> turbo lasers better than regular lasers. Take uh, <laughs> it all the cheat codes in who, Mortal Kombat. Who, who comes up with these names? George, George, why, why did you do that? Um, but they, they, uh, they, they use that to wipe the, from one thing to another so that they can go into the model for the trench. Um, that was better than the other. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but you, that's how you can tell it's reused. Cause it's the same weapons hit over and over uh and they uh have all the turret stuff and they're going through the thing and it takes them forever and it's like why didn't you fly into the trench a little later um instead of early like i don't know if that's affording you anything i mean it's very dramatic but tactically i don't know uh they get picked off the y wings don't do so hot here uh that, that doesn't work out very well for them um vader in his uh in his advanced uh tie fighter uh is is all kicking butt um and his looks really cool uh he's he's got like a nice little uh uh bonus shape thing on the sides of it and stuff which looks neat when it <laughs> his, does his, his barrel wings are later. chamfered yes uh that's, that's uh, anyway uh they and they have all the cockpit shots inside the tie fighters which had a lot of tension because they're all dark and ominous and spooky and uh everything gets so quiet when the tie fighters come um and uh they they pick off all of the forces except uh luke um and uh he's he's going up there and obi-wan's all like hey uh t- turn off that thing um <laughs> trust and, your feelings bro yeah you, use your feelings and your feelings will totally get this first try uh 
not going to mess it up. Promise. Super promise. Totes. And uh, so he gets to the end of the trench and force is strong with him and he's going to do it, but he does not have enough time. R2's been damaged in the back. It's it's, it's a horrible mess. And then, woohoo, here comes Han Solo and he, he fires things and hits one TIE fighter, blows it up. And then the other TIE fighter guy is like, uh-oh, and then smashes into... <laughs> Smashes into Vader and, and he's like, "You punk!" and he's spiraling off into space. <laughs> Until the Which next I, movie, I, I guess it's because uh, like one of his engines got blown out and then the other one was just like spinning him because it wouldn't be the reason that a plane would do that, which would be wind resistance, right? Because space. Yeah, well, I I think there isn't actually a reason. He just wanted to spin, and so he he spins out of control and uh, manages to get out of there in the nick of time so that he can be. Uh, in the next film uh tarkin <laughs> however um is all like evacuate a moment of triumph and and the countdown has really gotten down to like almost nothing and he's all sitting there with like his finger on his lip and he's all like ah yes totally uh it is, it is <laughs> it's head. kind of hilarious yeah. how quickly it cuts from him standing there uh, getting ready to shoot to just the big kaboom yeah so long and uh it's just like yep standing here we're gearing up, the thing is starting, and then just, you know, blastering and stuff. Yeah, and they they win! Yay! Uh, <laughs> They're back on the base, and everybody is, like, almost violently hugging each other, just very excitedly. Uh, especially Luke. He's all, like, uh, punchy, like, like literally punching and, like, grabbing and stuff. And it's like, He's very whoa, excited. Whoa, calm down there, Mark Hamill. Dial that back. Uh, and- I mean, he's just a little old farm boy from uh, from nowhere, and he, he got to fly a spaceship and blow up a space station. That was an interesting accent you affected there. Um, oh, that's, that's my space farmer accent. Uh, that, is, that is... Sure. We, sure. We, we've got that on the show now. We have a space farmer accent on the show. It's, I, I think it's probably the only accent I ever do on this show. Oh, uh, no. Didn't I do like a New York accent or something? Like a really bad... Yeah, that wasn't very good. But I like... I like <laughs> I'm just being perfectly honest. But, but, but I like your uh, Mark Maron. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. I like your Mark Maron. Oh um, uh, yeah, we're not gonna no no. Um, <laughs> We've already uh, given him too much publicity. He doesn't need any more from us. Yeah, so I don't want it to go to his head. Um, but the the uh, uh, they have enough time apparently um, since the Empire knows exactly where they are to have a award ceremony <laughs> before they. Oh, don't forget they 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 pull R two out and he's all messed up. He's like, oh no, you got to fix him, and then cut to. Oh, uh, I like I like how they care about that for all of two seconds. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> and they're like, no, he'll be okay. It's like, he, he looks like completely destroyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you got to fix him, please. He's our buddy. Sir, if any, of, if any of my components will help, um, yeah, I'll gladly donate them. Uh, and the award ceremony goes off. Uh, and it's very dramatic. And I like the music here. And There's no talking. Any, it doesn't make any sense why they do this, but uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting shot. And it's very dramatic uh, and sweeping. And... Uh, all the the troops turning and walking and it's great and uh shiny uh, c-3po and uh r2d2 are there at the end to not get awards and uh <laughs> chewy not 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 either for him but uh han and uh luke get awards so that's just lets you know that the meritocracy is really about white privilege um and so <laughs> well, you know uh it, it's it's humans uh enlisting and stuff i don't know 
I don't understand how their their, their military system works. You don't need to. You, you don't, don't, you're better not worrying about it at all, to be perfectly honest. And so they, they go through the whole process, and uh, we, we iris out uh, on, <laughs> on, on the credits and big fanfare score and uh, stuff. Wit- written and directed by George Lucas, if you the didn't know. end. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh pretty much star wars yeah yay yeah. yep so they go to deliver some plan to some rebels to help them out with their fight and they get caught up in the mix and captured and they escape and then uh they blow up a spaceship yeah and then laser moon awakens late the, mm, yes <laughs> you should you should watch that dan i, n- I never did get back to no i know you didn't because you didn't ever tell me that you did because i knew you would have if you had but you didn't <laughs> i keep track of these things Mm, yeah, I will. Uh, I will get right on that. Uh, maybe Thursday or Friday. Okay, I will make sure you do. Cause please, I'll just, I'll, please, just, please, I'll just bother uh, you. I'm very good at bothering people. I don't know Siri, if you're familiar with my work, but <laughs> Siri, remind me to have Joe remind me to watch that thing. Yeah, did you get the thing I sent you? But uh, so uh, after after that, after this exhaustive discussion, fi- final final verdict. Are you are you regretting that I that I persuaded you to watch Star Wars? No, no, it was good to watch it seriously with, uh, a, well, I don't know about a critical eye, but like paying attention to the entire <laughs> thing from start to finish as intently as uh, one should watch a film. Well, what, you say, what you say there when you're like, pay attention to Star Wars, it's just like, it doesn't process to me. Like, I, I know, it's <laughs> one of those things that like, it's what I mean. Like you can watch Star Wars out of the corner of your eye and you still have so much context about what's happening and you still know everything about it without watching it directly uninterrupted. So this, uh, I I was glad to have had the opportunity to, uh, sit down and, uh, give it my full attention for two hours. Great. Yes. The end. Is, Is that the end? There's no further, no further commentary. I think, I think at two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, not all of that is here, but um, yeah. I think you mentioned this briefly on one of the other ones. So this is uh, this being the first, though, is still not necessarily your favorite of them. Do you have a favorite specifically, or you were talking about hypothetically to the other people who complain about the other movies? But do you have a favorite of the series? Ah, uh, yes. Well, I, I made fun of the very serious Star Wars fans who say they really like the old trilogy and that the new trilogy doesn't exist, and then go on to elaborate when you start to press them on the old trilogy that they really only actually like empire strikes back um and, and then parts of other things but not really uh I'm, I'm not that sort of hardcore fan like i i i, I like it a lot uh i have uh I, I have very fond memories of the first star wars because it's the one that i had on vhs to watch all the time um but at the same time i recognize that it is not as well made as i think either of the following films are. And I know a lot of people really don't like Return of the Jedi, but uh, that one, I would say, it, it ranked very highly for me when I was growing up because when we got the THX box, I would watch the end battle all the time. Just like rewind right to the start of the end battle, watch that over again. Uh, not because I like the Ewoks. Um, I didn't really, it was sort of, I, I'm Ewok ambivalent, um, but uh, I really like the scenes with the Emperor. Um, I think Ian McDermott eats all of the scenery and he does so well. Um, you know, you have friends out there on the century moon, uh, et cetera. <laughs> uh, I, I, I like him. Mm, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. But, uh, um, and, and empire strikes back. I didn't like when I was a kid because I thought it was 
uh, so sad. It it wasn't, it wasn't like rah, rah, good guys go. Um, so, you know, that, that has changed where I can appreciate more of the character stuff that, you know, isn't rah, rah, good guys go as I've grown older. Uh, so I, I probably, if I were to rank them, I would, I would say that I think empire, uh, is still just a little behind Return of the Jedi for me. And that Star Wars is a little behind that. And then the prequels is a melange of uh, garbage. Um, but <laughs> I... I, I and, and even that, it's like trying to pick a favorite out of that. I don't think I could. Um, I know that on The Incomparable, they tried to rank after they finished uh, talking about all of the movies, all six of them, a process that took several years for them to do. They started at episode 46 with uh, the... Uh, the first film that we just discussed today uh that that just takes it takes so long it's it's it, it, it but it's worthless it's worth uh listening to them discuss all of it because then you can get to that that last moment where uh they try to render a final verdict on the prequels and they can't really sort them except some of them come to the begrudging realization that phantom menace might actually be the best one of the three. <laughs> god yeah and uh you know, I, I really don't actually like uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, I know a lot of people do, and they're like, oh, it's more serious than the other ones. And it's like, but the seriousness isn't a lot of fun, uh, necessarily. And the second one is just sort of like a meandering mess, and like all kinds of weird stuff just happens for no reason on screen, and people just pop out of it nowhere. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, that's my general verdict is like, uh, you know, Return of the Jedi, Empire, uh, Star Wars, and then sharp drop to all three sharing the number four position. That's my Marco Armit list. Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. But it is easy to see that in spite of this, uh, this movie and all of its first of a large franchise problems, whether it be uh, not entirely knowing what they're going to do for the other films or, you know, just budgetarily, you can just see how after this they would just go like, okay, George, here is all of the money make some more of this and make it as equally as awesome because people love this and it's pretty great and you can do lots of cool stuff with this. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's very easy to see why it has such a large impression on uh, everyone, especially when you watch it as a kid. Uh, And that I know that even though we don't like the prequels, a lot of kids do like them. So they even, even, even they have an audience. Uh, Some some kids want to grow up to be pod racers. Uh, some someday we'll talk about that movie, and I have words. Uh, but the, uh, the, the I, I, I would recommend that anyone wants more serious Star Wars discussion definitely check out the other Incomparable episodes. Um, on I don't know if you've heard of this 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 network called the Incomparable. Um, I think our show might be on it, uh, <laughs> but but uh, but but give that a listen. Hmm. Yeah. Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Hmm. It's a, it's, it's a big movie, big franchise. Those near and far wars. 